Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Great One Piece read-through, episode 9, covering volumes 46 through 50. My name is Zach. And my name is Ed. We have two very special guests here with us today. We have the brand manager from Crunchyroll, Tiffa, is joining us this week. Hey, Tiffa. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm a big fan of One Piece, so I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. It's, uh, we're really happy to have you here. Thank uh, you. We'll talk a little bit more about your history in a, in a minute or two. Uh, we also have another guest. Uh, we have the Eisner Award-nominated artist of Merman, and uh, I believe also the S- SpongeBob SquarePants comics. We have Joey Weiser with us. Hey, awesome. Joey. Hey, guys. I'm glad to finally be doing one of these with you. Yeah, I've seen you've been posting along with us. Hey, that's... Uh, I can't believe it. It's I, We've barely been able to keep up. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, I think not... I've been tweeting about it a little bit less than at the very beginning because I've been scrambling to get to conventions and get stuff done, but I've still been reading them for sure. That's understandable. Um, Tiffa, do you want to tell us a little bit about your history with One Piece? Yeah, I'll let you guys know my One Piece origin story. (laughs) So, I mean, like when I first started watching, I was probably like in middle school and that was like around the time where the four kids like dub came out. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) I heard like Sanji's um, New Yorker accent. I guess it was that accent for like the first time. It was like during the Alabaster arc. And I was just like, "Uh, maybe not. (laughs) But when I got into college, I actually um, met a guy who was, like, super into it. And he was, like, telling us, like, all the backstories of, like, a lot of the characters. So he actually ruined, like, a lot of the (laughs) story, the surprises for me. But that just, like, made me really want to watch it and, like, read it, I guess. Like, I actually started um, watching it first in the original, like, Japanese. And then I just fell in love. And it, it really, like, changed my life. And when I actually got caught up... Like, in the three months it took me to get caught up in the anime at that point, um, I think it was, like, around uh, Impel Down. I started reading the manga, and, oh, my God, I just, like, sped through that. And, like, I actually, like, completely prefer the manga over the anime. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a very similar, you know, progression that, that many of us had. You know, we all yeah. started with the anime. Some of us started in Four Kids as well. Uh, unfortunately unfortunately uh, i can still sing that song that rap they're just oh, like great. what's gonna be popular for like americans oh let's just rap about pirates you know it's also a pretty <laughs> terrible rap i mean 
Yeah. There's that on top of it. <laughs> doctor be chopperin. Oh, wait, that's not it. <laughs> no, chopper be doctorin. Yeah. Something like that. Yo ho ho. Take a bite of gum gum. Gum gum. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. we've talked about that a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> Too much. Uh, we try and forget that that ever happened. Uh, <laughs> Joey, what's your uh, One Piece origin story? Uh, sure, yeah. We, I covered this uh, in some detail on the first uh, One Piece podcast episode I was on. Uh, I think it was called, like, Pow Right in the Kisser or something like that. That was a while ago, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a while back. So some of you may have heard this before, but when I was in... Uh, like middle school and high school in the sort of mid to late 90s, I was getting into anime and manga and I was studying Japanese. And my dad would take business trips to Japan and bring me back Jump magazines because I was a big Dragon Ball fan. And uh, and along the way, you know, sort of once One Piece came out, I started noticing it in uh, a couple of the issues that I got. Uh, the first story I ever saw was the Gaimon story uh, pretty early on. And... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I still have that issue. I still have a lot of those old jumps. But um, and, you know, I was aware of it. It didn't particularly hit me. I just just kind of like took it in with with everything else. It wasn't very the information about the stuff wasn't super accessible uh, at that time, even with the Internet, uh, what it was at the time. But like uh, so I knew that there was a pirate manga. It seemed like it was pretty popular because a lot of the issues I had had it on the cover and color pages and stuff. But it wasn't until I actually got, went to Japan in 99 or 2000, somewhere around there, and uh, and I saw the anime was on, and it was everywhere. Like, One Piece already at that point was, like, everywhere. And I was like, wow, this is a big, big deal. Even the <laughs> student that I was staying with was like, yeah, I don't really read manga anymore, but I like this series. And he had, like, a whole shelf full of One Piece volumes and stuff. And uh, so I became more aware of it, and when I came home, I... I managed to track down I have like a VHS fan sub of like the first couple of episodes and uh and then when I went to college I found like you know scanlations and fan subs and that kind of stuff until I finally eventually it became licensed and I could transition to official products I remember uh college so it was like 2001 2002 uh I think the anime was around the point where there was the Chopper's Animal Island movie or whatever that movie is oh, called. Yeah. And, movie uh, four, movie five, yeah. I think. and so Three. I hadn't Three. seen, I just saw some images of that and, and hadn't seen Chopper yet in the, uh, in the series. And I was like, Oh man, I can't wait till I get to the part with that weird bear. There's this really cool looking bear. <laughs> He'd be very offended by that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, you didn't say raccoon. Right. <laughs> Uh, that's really cool. Um, there are a few people who started that early. I mean, that's that's insane. That was like a couple months ago, even for us. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, like I thing. said, like it was wasn't until like 2002, maybe, that I started really getting into the series. But I was definitely aware of it in the sort of like 99, 2000 era. That's I mean, that's uh, going back. That's like when Greg got Greg found out about it. I think he probably around the prob- same time. I think, yeah. Yeah, ninety nine is is early. Um, ninety nine is when the anime actually started in Japan. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Ninety nine. Yeah. Crazy. October or something. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Well, today we're here to talk about uh, volumes. What? Forty six through fifty. 50. Yeah, most of 50. Uh, before we get into that, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Crunchyroll and how you could uh, also watch these episodes. And we talked about this a few times in the earlier episodes, and I think it's about time since we have Tifa here also. Um, <laughs> All 700-plus episodes are on there. 
Um, and I think everything's in HD right now. It's yeah, everything's in HD now. Um, we actually have all of like the collaboration episodes with like Toriko too, which is like really cool. The only episode we're missing is the DBZ one, but nobody has that outside of Japan, unfortunately. But it's still like really cool to like just be able to watch everything in like in HD. Yeah, I know yeah, I think, for the I anime. Think there are- there are actually some older special episodes. I'm not sure if you guys have those, but uh, I would I would love to see that. There's one where the Straw Hats are performing like a theater performance, and like that first, oh. uh, and like that there's that first uh, Boss Luffy like old timey Japan episode that hasn't been yeah. released anywhere. Yeah. So there's a few things out there that aren't released, but you guys have almost all of it. I think those are like TV specials. Yeah, TV specials, yeah. which is weird because they have those sequel Boss Luffy episodes that were numbered episodes, and those are released everywhere. But the first Boss Luffy episode uh, remains unreleased. That's so weird. I don't know. There's like always some strange like licensing things. Yeah, yeah. there always is. We do is. have um. 2D, oh, sorry, 3D 2i, which is like really great. Like, mm-hmm. I was so excited about that. A lot of people think that special is better than some of the early movies. I tend yeah, to agree. Actually, I, agree. I think I agree. I agree too. Um, yeah. it's pre- it was pretty good. I mean, it's it's really long too. It's like two hours something, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, we for the anime recaps every week, we go, we we use Crunchyroll. It's nice to you know have it available on apps and stuff and also in hd uh which is not the hd is is nice yeah um so yeah check that out if you want a 30 day uh free trial right uh yeah 30 day free trial um you can go to crunchyroll.com slash one piece podcast yeah please check that out uh we'll mention it at the end again if you forgot (laughs) what the what that usually it's only 14 days for free so you get like an extra 16 days awesome because we love you guys. <laughs> That'll be an extra 16 days to get through all 700 episodes of One Piece, guys. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's doable. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, let's get into this. Let's get into some uh, thriller bark. Um, first, we start out, and I, I really like this. We get to see a lot more of the Thousand Sunny since we mm-hmm. just got introduced to that. They catch the shark and it eats all their other fish in the fish tank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, things kind of kick off immediately because that is like the only gag we get before opening the barrel uh, that kind of well, leads us there. You also get Zoro disrespecting God. Yeah. <laughs> you, get, you know, atheist Zoro again. About, he wants to drink God's booze because he prays to no God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like kind of backtracking in how the manga translated that. And I, remember we talked, I think, uh, whenever we did Skype, yeah, like three, four weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, that was when Jason Thompson was on, right? No, Alexi Kirsch. It was Alexi, right. Uh, uh, one of the editors, yeah. And he was saying, you know, today if they did it, they'd probably say God and not Kami, and here you go. He said mm-hmm. God and not Kami, mm-hmm. um, which makes more sense. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so we, we get into the Florian Triangle, and immediately things look foreboding. And I really love the gag with Sanji trying to scare the hell out of uh, Usopp and Chopper. Um, <laughs> well, everyone's making scary faces. Yeah. Except for, <laughs> except for the scaredy cats. Uh, and in the, in the anime, also with these early episodes, I remember uh, ha- doing a very good job at just setting the the atmosphere because it's so different from. I'm gonna say anything we've seen before. This we're heading into like a weird comedy horror movie here. Yeah, something a lot darker, like a. Um... It's like Michael Jackson's Thriller. That's uh, that's exactly what I was like, thinking. Yeah. yeah, which is probably why it was called like Thriller Bark. It's it's very appropriate. So I think Mark is uh, I think it's D- 
derived it's a type from, of ship, right? Yeah, it's derived. I think it's a Spanish word, possibly. Oh, nice. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> we we also see the uh, the paddle ship, Sunny. Uh, that's one of the soldier dock. Two of the soldier docks of Are, the. Sunny. I thought we found that out after. Well, they use the paddle boat again in, in that chapter at the beginning, so... Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also... I think the big thing at the very beginning is we see a ghost ship. Um, pirate <laughs> ghost. so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really cool-looking ship. <laughs> um, and on it is a talking skeleton sipping tea um, <laughs> who agrees to join the Straw Hats. I love the, I love the gag of how... I mean, this is like going to the... Like a little further, but when they come back and like they say that... Well, we met the skeleton, and Luffy invited him to join the crew. And he's like, "We t- we sent you guys along with him to make sure he didn't do stuff like this." <laughs> <laughs> and I like also, how does- it seems like. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead, sir. Yeah, he does poo. So there it is. <laughs> oh, thank you. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, well, I learned like, something new then. Like, uh, <laughs> like Oda can't even help himself. He he introduces Brooke in a sort of scary way, but it's like only two pages later that he's like the silly, lovable Brooke, like. <laughs> Oda couldn't even contain himself to be like to lead us on thinking that he was scary. Uh, yeah, what do you guys what do you guys think of this uh, introduction to Brooke here? When I was first um, reading the manga, and like I had seen like Brooke for the first time, I was like, no way, this is like too scary. Like I'm a really big scaredy cat, but like as soon as he asked, like, oh, can I like see your panties? I was just like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like this is gonna be awesome. Yeah, and, and like Luffy just like instantly asks him to join. I'm just like, okay, well, I guess like he's gonna be along for the ride for the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joey, what did you think when you first saw Brooke? I, I do seem to sort of remember wondering if there was sort of a darker side and if if he was gonna end up turning on them. Like that, there was sort of this oh, this yeah. feeling at the very beginning where you're kind of like, you're not sure, you know, he's he is even though he is goofy, he is a living skeleton. And so there, there was a little bit of question in my mind. I, I seem to recall about uh, his true intentions and stuff. But I'm so glad that he ended up being a good guy through and through. Uh, Ed, any, any, any Brooke opinions? I like how he's the worst dinner guest of all time. Well, I love that he's the gentleman skeleton who burps and farts and is just a terrible and gets food all over his <laughs> face. Just a terrible like, but the like the rudest thing is like, hey, hey, Robin, your piece of meat is bigger than mine. You want to trade? Come on, man. That's like that's such bad manners. Yeah, and uh, it, I mean, he just the the worst manners. I really, really like the dinner. That whole dinner, um, I found to just be extremely entertaining. We don't get that kind of thing a lot. Um, we don't get. I mean, that's what one of the things I used to like more about the anime is that they did stuff on like the ship with the crew, and they sort of drew it out, and um, you know, enha- it was all what Zach refers to as implied filler. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, we get the explanation of how he died once and returned to life, but his soul got lost along the way, uh, like the lovematic grandpa, <laughs> and um, it got lost in the fog. So he uh, he was all bones when it got, when it came back. So that's how, that's how he's an animated skeleton. But his but hair is still there because he's very strong very, roots. Yeah, very and strong. I'm loving the afro though. Yeah, that's one of his charm points. <laughs> it's very important. That yeah. that and his uh, and his belches apparently. Um, <laughs> Probably his shadow was stolen because the the fact that he can't be seen in a mirror actually has nothing to do with the fact that he's a skeleton. (laughs) (laughs) It's like one bombshell after the other. And I think they say something. It's like, oh, you've been really unlucky. It's like, yeah, 
guess I've been having a terrible time. But he's this is like the first time he's seen anyone in 50 years, I think. So he's enjoying the hell out of himself. And I love that uh, the sound effects for him, instead of boom or bone, <laughs> which I'm just <laughs> noticing now going through. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like boom. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping... I assume it was in the Japanese, too. Um, well, you have the Japanese in front of you, right? So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's Hone, well, it's hone right? Or what, so that makes sense. It's kind of yeah, similar yeah. to Don. Um, any, anything else you guys want to mention about this uh, initial Brook meeting? Ed? I don't, I don't think so, actually. Uh, but we see that uh, you know, a ghost has appeared on the ship, and Luffy wants to capture it and make it his pet. But... Uh, Brooke is obviously very, very afraid about this, but we see that uh, the booze was actually a signal for them to get on the thriller. The barrel, yeah. Yeah, the Ghost Island Thriller Bark, which looks really freaky and awesome in the first time they show it. Yeah, it's a a crazy-looking place. Um, Mm -hmm. It's all shrouded in fog and everything, and the the ghost ship is, like, in front of it, so much bigger than than the sunny. And uh, it's it's an island that wanders the sea. I wonder how that works. And they get locked behind whatever these gates are. And, uh, I mean, we know how this goes. We know it's a giant ship. I hate to spoil well, it for people. But, but also, we know that uh, Oda is a fan of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Otherwise, you know, future characters wouldn't exist. So it always reminded me of the lips and the teeth like, from the beginning of the Rocky Horror Picture Show for the oh, movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what that's it reminded me of. Okay. Yeah. Which actually makes sense now. Like, uh, yeah, it's the it's the place that you uh, that you run that you run on like in in the rain when you're driving. It, it's a uh, you know, Thriller Park's a lot like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually a lot like Rocky Horror Picture Show until you get inside, and then it turns into uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller once you get Yeah, in. pretty much. <laughs> I I remember uh, when first encountering like Thriller Bark, kind of thinking that I, I knew that. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas was pretty popular in Japan and, oh, yeah. and seeing an influence in that as well. Just a side story. I used to have a TV that had an alarm that would turn on. It would turn the TV on to wake you up in the morning. And I set my alarm really early once and uh, it was on HBO. And the first thing that came on when I woke up at five in the morning was Nightmare on Christmas. Like this is Halloween, like the first song. And I, I almost like shit my pants. <laughs> I was legitimately scared by that wow. movie. And uh, that yeah, had that nothing to do with anything. But How old were you? I'm hoping, like, I'm hoping 25. I was, I was like 13. <laughs> oh, damn it. Wow. Uh, like, no, that almost. makes more didn't, sense. No, I didn't yeah. actually, you know. <laughs> the good, thank you for the clarification there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we, we get into Thriller Bark. Luffy's psyched because it's, of course, you know, this mysterious place. Um, and so Nami, Usopp, and Chopper split, you know, and take the Mini Mary to, I think, just joyride it, which seemed yeah. like... That's what I thought, too, because I was just like... Why did they suddenly leave like the three weakest, like weakest, <laughs> quote unquote, like characters? Yeah. I'm like onto this mysterious island with like all the other OP characters like waiting. <laughs> like what? I think they were just so happy to have like a, a new Mary. Yeah. And, like, that's, that's, that's the only reason I can think of. But the thing is, it sets things up so well because I really like that you normally have one strong guy with the weak guys. Yeah. But the fact that you have all the weak guys together and all the strong guys together, uh, guys slash girls, for both of those, it, I think it uh, I think it really makes some, for some really funny moments later on. We get uh, the Invisible Man on the on the deck of the ship, though. Uh, yeah. That's a lot of fun. 
there's a lot of great foreshadowing because you get like the the giant chains indicating it's a ship uh, a lot of the stuff that we later find out uh it, you know who the invisible man is and and mm-hmm. about that it's you know it's clear when you reread it and you already know what happens but if you're reading for the first time uh it's just very confusing especially sanji being put in such an uncool position that's <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. fun for anyone especially sanji and you know i think this when they introduce the soldier dock system is the first time they make mention of submarines in one piece it, them, do they talk about submarines before at all uh, i'm not sure i can't think of an instance that might be the first one we see i mean we know there's some futuristic technology i mean frankie is a cyborg there are other cyborgs that come up later um so the weaklings all get chased by a Cerberus, which includes a fox head also. <laughs> He's a, which yeah. <laughs> he just that. like sneaked in there. I, I do love that little moment where uh, Usopp threatens to smack Nami for crashing the Mini Mary, but she like plays it off like, oh, but I'm cute. You can't hit me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and oh, oh, yeah, go, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, I learned that one from Nami, definitely. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's trouble. A good, I, I can't use that technique. <laughs> but the, but you can also, try. And, yeah. and also with the Invisible Man, uh, we get where Sanji does the, he falls down and he goes, Hoge! and uh, he's very uncool and everyone makes fun of him for making funny noise. So is that how that's pronounced? Uh, <laughs> Hoge! That's okay. how he pronounced it in Japanese. It was, oh, okay. It was always, I always used to spell it H-O-G-E-E. Okay, okay. It, it's just like a bunch of consonants, I think, this one. Um, so well, I, I mean, at least he's using words this time. Uh, so after Cerberus, we are, are introduced to um, what the hell's the? F- I always forget the flying guy. Hilden. Name. Oh, right, Hilden. Yeah, Hilden. Um, who talks about Hogback? Who Chopper is is a big fan of apparently in the cutest of moments. And when he shows up, uh, one of the creatures draw, uh, drawing that carriage is a Cerberus, or I mean a uh, centaur. Yeah, definitely something weird about the horse and like they keep seeing weird things out the window like uh like was the horse having oh, the, the tree having a party like, like a tea party uh, yeah, yeah that was great it's like a lion with a man's face on it so that's got to be Which, absalom yeah right right that, Absal- there's like another like lion thing no no, no it's absalom's face that was transplanted because he has the lion's face oh. they switch faces <laughs> oh yeah yeah wow <laughs> there it is <laughs> It's in an SBS later, in a few, a few volumes later. He said it might be Absalom's, it might be someone else's, uh, but that's uh, the a, lion who the face is from. But if that's Absalom's you know, mouth, he's not as, you know, he's not as attractive as you would think. That's yeah. Absalom's mouth, he's better off as he is. Exactly. Well, but it's he's, the same, like, scars, though. Actually, yeah. Look at it. It's it's probably his mouth. And yes, he's definitely better looking with the lion mouth. Um, <laughs> he, he made the right choice. Uh, I also love Nami's drawing of it. Yeah, I know. Like and also, also, I noticed this more in the anime, and so I paid attention, is when Nami gets scared, she spills her drink all over Chopper for no reason. She's just like... <laughs> she just really know. wanted to. Yeah, he'll, he'll <laughs> blood wine. I wouldn't drink that guy's whatever came out of that bottle. No. Um, <laughs> Hilden, Hilden is the super upbeat but creepy guy, and... Hilden I, I, is super cute. Like, yeah, he's, to I me, like I don't that know. character. He's so cute. He kind of just disappears at some point. Like, you barely see him. I also like that he's a bat and he just, like, flies away. <laughs> like, see ya. He's stranding them in the cemetery of all places. Yeah, with all its zombies. I kind of hope we see some of these other, the shadows from these other characters at some point in future arcs. Uh, I mean, because, be cool. yeah, presumably they, you know, I'm sorry to spoil things for the very end, but at some <laughs> point they... Uh, you know, go across the sea to return to whoever it was originally. So, 
Um, for someone like Hilden, I'm interested. Anyway, they get left in a cemetery. They, another great gag with the ball-headed, uh, uh, the, the, the zombie whose head is a ball. He's oh, like, yeah. oh, uh, your head fell. Thanks, bro. <laughs> As he hands it back <laughs> oh, to him. <laughs> <laughs> the zombies are actually hilarious. Um, they can't run. They have no endurance. No, yeah, they this can't. whole first part is great. Like, so funny. Yeah. Well, first the joke that they're too slow. They would be slow because they're zombies, but they're super fast. But then, as you said, they can't run very far. Um, no, I, that's, that's usually like um, fueled by their like anger, like sudden anger. They're just like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when we get to Hogback's castle, I mean, that looks like something out of like almost Beauty and the Beast or something. I can't like I'm trying to think of what that the gargoyles and the old European you know, European looking yeah, buildings. Yeah. Uh, it's got those it, sort of just... cone-shaped head, or not mm. cone-shaped, but like they have spires and stuff. Spires, yeah. Yeah, like Dracula kind of thing. Mm. I think like um, what really drew me to Thriller Bark was like the art was just so beautiful. Like I think even more beautiful than any of the other arc, the other arcs that I have seen before. And like I could like just read this like arc forever. I guess he it's gets just a so lot of detailed. use out of those gray tones. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, we've been kind of, as we go through, I've been trying to figure out, you know, which arcs look look really good. You know, where is Oda hitting his stride? And the thing is, like, Water 7, d- d- I didn't think, looked quite as good in the manga as some of, like, yeah. Skypea and Ennius yeah. Lobby look great. I think he's still, you know, in his prime here with Thriller Bark. It looks it looks super good. I, I noticed that as well. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's some disagreement in other places, but we won't <laughs> mention those to people. do some very like, like dramatic shading effects, which you don't see a lot. Yeah, in manga. And crazy yeah. perspective, too. It's like all like looking upward. It's like not just straight on. Yeah, but, like that, that first shot when they were about to walk into the mansion, Hogback's mansion, and it's looking like way up from the bottom. Or yeah. uh, or Shindri when she sh- shows up, or Sindri, Sindri right? That's, that's correct. Sindri, that's like yeah. Sindri. I say yeah. Sindri. Sindri? It yeah. looks like Cindy, but there's an R in there for some yeah, reason. Yeah, Cindy. <laughs> and she, as she rises up from a uh, well. In a the- well <laughs> with the plates, like the um, the old like ring. That she's of. only throwing at Usopp. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, uh, I I like the fact that um, like Hogback explaining Cindy's history is that she was engaged to a very wealthy man, but she broke his plates to test his love, and then you know, she was disgraced. She had boogers stuck on her face, like. What, what kind of disgrace is that? That's very specific. Hogback <laughs> is ridiculous. I don't know how else to describe that character. Absalom's the most normal person in the whole crew, you know? Like, <laughs> is he? Yeah. Like, that's, uh, he's, that's... he's always like doing an aside like, oh, you're too hard on Kumasi or Sindri's too hard on Hogback. He's like, Maybe... he just wants to have a normal relationship with a human woman. Well, his his examples of a normal relationship are sneaking into a bathroom and licking them. So I don't well. know if that's, I don't know if he's the most normal one there. On the other hand, there are no normal ones there. So that might, maybe if you take out of all the, the weirdos. Um, Did you try to lock Usopp out of the mansion? <laughs> that was a good... She doesn't what? like it. One of my favorite gags is uh, in the Hogback and Chopper conversation, which is cute and weird and hilarious at the same time. Uh, Chopper asking for his autograph and then asking to look at his laboratory in which no one may look. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that whole uh, exchange. And then eating the pudding off of the table because there are no plates. <laughs> yeah, Hogback's so ridiculous. It's kind of hard to 
by him as being this uh, super genius scientist, you know? Well, <laughs> yeah, I can evil see... character, yeah. <laughs> he is super evil, but yeah. he's also super ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, he studies zombies. That's why he had to, like, hide away, because the establishment man did not approve. Yeah, God. And he's oh, a big man. fan of fishnets. <laughs> Again, with the Rocky Horror Picture Show, maybe. Yeah. I'm seriously into this like pudding like that she just smacks onto the table. It's just like <laughs> jiggling like crazy and then like looks like a dead rat. Nami's <laughs> <laughs> so, right. You know, that, just because there aren't any plates doesn't mean there aren't spoons. Come on, guys. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I like when uh, Hogback describes like his uh, desire to, you know, revive you know, to conquer death, basically, and Chopper's very impressed at this. And he's like, oh, how open-minded you are, and Chopper does his, like, his little dance. It's like he's trying to flatter him. Uh, so then we have the scene uh, with uh, Absalom and Nami. I don't know if... That scene. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Usopp's fart was terrible, apparently. Uh, that's what you guys were talking yeah. about. Uh, Chopper isn't interested in human women. He only wants to peep for science in the laboratory. <laughs> Uh, and then, and then the strong group, unless you guys, I don't mean to cut over that unless there was something else you want to say. Well, Usopp does, I mean, Nami says something ridiculous and Usopp actually like barges into the bath and then he like, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You don't get that kind of thing from Usopp that often. I think we have just, we've discussed this on the show before. Well, I mean, I mean, Nami did kind of say something ridiculous. So, Um, uh, Anyway, so uh, we get to the, the strong group that finally uh, arrives at the island uh, after the ship gets stuck in a net. Um, it's a spider web, I should say. Well, the Mini Mary got stuck as well. Yeah, I think they all got stuck. I think yeah. everyone got stuck in that web. Uh, and instead of running away from the Cerberus like the other group did, they chase after it. And I love Luffy's, especially in the anime, because I was watching the the sets recently and it's just hilarious how uh how he how he uh subdues the cerberus luffy he's like well robin thinks it's cute which oh, I, there's like I, a I, lot of stuff that's like lost in translation like in the manga from the anime i think the anime did a really great job of showing like luffy just interacting with all of these zombies and like just not taking any shit from them <laughs> we'll get to the, we'll get to the, the, the i love yeah, yeah, the, Everybody we'll get to favorite. my favorite scene in a, in a little bit. <laughs> but what's great with uh, Luffy and the Cerberus is that uh, you think that he it, it's a sort of switcheroo thing where you think he's going to be doing a dog whispering thing, and then he just does a sort of switcheroo where you think he's going to be doing a dog whisperer thing, but then he just smacks him against the wall. <laughs> and then he says, down, boy. <laughs> After yeah, he had been knocked already, out. Like, knocked out. <laughs> Uh, the second gag, uh, we might as well go gag by gag, is the tree and ho- and unicorn zombie pouring each other wine or something. I don't know. It's like sake to me. It's <laughs> right it's over the edge of that cup. <laughs> yeah, it's overflowing because they're so shocked to see Luffy. Luffy's like a Pokemon master. He's trying to catch them all here. <laughs> <laughs> With I, good reason. I almost thought for a second that they would actually join the crew. <laughs> Just a tree and a unicorn. <laughs> I definitely uh, remember amongst fans, there some people think that there's a rule that if Luffy asks someone to join the crew, there's a pretty good chance that they're going to. <laughs> I think this might be one of the few times that it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, although, maybe their shadows will. That would be a weird turnabout there. How would we know, though? Would they have, like, a tree and unicorn face or something? Um it's time we see people drinking together. We'll know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> they're just, like, shocked to see Luffy again. 
So the weak crew make their way through the uh, the mansion only to find everything is moving and alive. Um, uh, although Hogback and uh, Absalom have a conversation in like the in the, like, the courtyard area. Yeah. Or um, <laughs> I just like the, the fact that uh, Hogback says, "What was what was all that noise? Were you in the bath again?" Like this is a thing that he does. Like God he's damn it. he's yeah the super creepy guy. Yep. Yeah. Um. So eventually, the, after you know getting their way past ridiculous animals and paintings, uh, they find themselves in Hogback's room, which is surrounded by Sindri po- uh, paintings and stuff. And we find mm-hmm. out that she had died ten years prior in some sort of accident. Yeah, and it's uh, it's interesting. Like Hog, like um, Chopper's trying to to um, defend like Hogback's. Uh, ethics, I guess, like throughout this, and like mm-hmm. it's interesting watching him like get increasingly disillusioned and see what he's actually doing. Yeah, throughout this whole arc, it's great. He's like a um, hogback apologist, and then he just like can't mm-hmm. believe what's going on. I mean, it, he, it's like a, when you worship someone, it's like it, I guess it's, it takes a lot to get to the point where you're like, oh, this is probably not good. Yeah. Uh, and after uh, Jack in the Box, well, Nami can't resist opening a treasure box. Right, and she exclaims that this is not the treasure chamber, which comes back a little later. Uh, after that, we get the introduction of uh, a swordsman, briefly. I guess we'll get back to that later. Um, and then we get... Well, he, we, I mean, he, he says, yo-ho-ho-ho, so it's, it's pretty obvious who he, who he is. Or who he's related to. Yeah. yeah, but at this point, we don't know how the shadow zombies work, so... Uh, it's, it, I remember that being a sort of like yeah. mystery. Yeah, I, I wasn't reading week to week at this point, so I don't really remember kind of which points were like, whoa, what is this? What's happening next? Um, so that's interesting to think about. Uh, I remember thinking, distinctly thinking that Brooke, like in Moonlight, gained a body or something like that, which is not the case. <laughs> that would have been I'm... like a werewolf. Uh, Tiffa, Tiffa, what were you? Sorry, what were we gonna say? I remember thinking, um, "Wow, this is so cheesy." They just randomly put a samurai in this like <laughs> horror film. It is very. Uh, it doesn't fit at all if you think about yeah. it. <laughs> every uh, every arc is like it's inspired by different things. Like Water Seven is inspired by Venice and stuff like that. You yeah. know, the Skypeans are Native Americans, and like, what's a samurai doing in a horror film? You know. <laughs> Yeah, but I guess that connects later, like way later. Oh, yeah. I, I would watch that horror film, by the way. <laughs> uh, so we go back uh, to the strong crew. Yeah. 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 Uh, one of my favorite gags with, uh, you know, he's Sanji's complaining about we try, don't make all these weird things join our crew. We already have a cyborg. It's like, but he's like, I'm human. You know, you're a pervert. It's like, oh, <laughs> as long as you understand. <laughs> That's not a compliment. Uh, and we get to see the negative uh, ghosts, the negative hollows, whatever you might call them. Um, yeah, they, they look like uh, Kutaro, kind of this old uh, Japanese manga uh, uh, by Fujiko Fujio that did Doraemon. Yeah, they uh, are so cute. <laughs> they're yes, but the, what the result of what they do is also kind of cute but in a different way I, I like what i like how one piece characters like get when they're depressed is like i want to be reincarnated as a frog or something like yeah that. <laughs> as and, like, a sea sometimes cucumber. i'll quote them too like out of just nowhere um i'll be with my husband and i'll be like i'm sorry i'm alive <laughs> like if I, I if i mess up or something so there you go it's the negative yeah. it's the negative ghost doing it to you <laughs> 
And well, so, Luffy so, wants to be a clam. <laughs> so. And Zoro was calling them pathetic right before he gets you know, trashed with the zombies, too. <laughs> yeah. And Zoro has a lot of interesting moments in this arc, which we'll get to later. Well, yeah, this is a pretty big... I mean, besides that, even. He's very... Uh, He's very prominent. He says a lot of stuff. He, he talks more than usual in this arc. So, so as they're walking through the cemetery, uh, a hand reaches out of a, of a grave, and we see it's a zombie. And so what would you do if a zombie were coming out? Put him back in the ground, of course. <laughs> I would definitely do exactly the same thing as Luffy. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so good. Yeah. And then think about how it's just an old man with severe injuries. Which comes back, like, two more times. <laughs> That's a gag that yeah, runs. Yeah. It comes That's back, a like, gag that we'd... Later this chapter, and then again in volume 50. Yeah. And then the rest of them come out of the ground, like, kung fu style. (laughs) (laughs) They're slightly younger than him, I guess. (laughs) And then you see, like, the rest of them, they're just, like, getting ready to fight when, like, all of those zombies come out. You're like, damn, this is, like, something's going to go down. Yeah, I love that 600 million berry jackpot move. (laughs) Yeah, so that's that's the sum of all of their uh, bounties. Yeah. yeah, except for yeah. Usopp. Yeah, everyone who's in that group. Yeah. that's Is that right? I guess that's why that group is together. <laughs> because then it's like, just, yeah. Yeah, and, like, the next page, like, they all just, like, sit down, like, dogeza-style, like, on their knees, and they're just like, sorry, we're really sorry. <laughs> Not sorry in the my life he guy. Stick them really? upside down in the, uh, in the crowd. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. Um, I love that zombie that has, like, rabbit ears like, oh, yeah, two, like, like what is that <laughs> I, I, th- I feel like hogback just did a shitty job there and put like the arms on the head accidentally <laughs> oh and you see like in the next page you see like the guy with the the head that like rolls off he's just like holding his head <laughs> that yeah, was the thanks bro that is having a lot of fun drawing these guys and then we see an old man with severe injuries <laughs> Uh, he has a name actually they name him in volume 50 I for, I, I'll we'll get to that it was old man something and I think his name was old man something yeah uh, it, um, it definitely was and he explains he's old man exposition for the time being because uh, he explains that Gecko Moria is the person behind this all that, that took all the uh, shadows and we find out that he is one of the seven warlords which is a big uh, reveal there and he also goes on to explain a sad story about him running through the forest and having nowhere to go. Um, it only works on Frankie. It only works. <laughs> it's because they're both old men. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not crying. The camaraderie. <laughs> uh, he, yeah, no, he's, he's a crybaby. Um, and so Luffy uh, says, okay, I'm just going to have to beat him up and get all the shadows back for this old guy. And I guess for Brooke, too, you know. Which uh, is, like, always his, like, resolution. Like, I guess I'll just have to beat him up and, like, save the day. That's, that's his thing. You know? that's, that's, that's his job. That is, uh, you hire Luffy to uh, beat the big guy. Charm point, yeah. <laughs> um, and, we, and then we get, uh, we, we, find, we get the scene where we find out how the shadows actually work. But first we get, I love all these little things that Sindri says to Hogback just all the time. Like, uh, oh, um, she, he's working on his experiments and she says, I hope you fail right at the last possible moment. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> and bringing him a bag of, sp- of like noodle soup for a snack. <laughs> <laughs> I love that gag. Yeah, but without the plate, obviously. Well, yes, yes. Yeah. No plates. It's in a bag. It's in a Jack. bag. <laughs> oh, it's just disgusting to think about. These are all hints that even though she, you know, obeys his orders, she does not like him very much. 
And we go back to the cemetery where the Invisible Man, we find out the pervert leader, Absalom, Perv Salam, whatever you want to call him, uh, comes out and tells them to whip into shape. And we find out where the negatives come from, and that is uh, Perona. Yeah, we got her name there at the beginning. Um, and Kuasi, the uh, not-cute-talking bear. Very creepy talking bear. <laughs> He's not cute I at all. I love Kumashi. Yeah, I know. I love, I love, I love Kumasi too. But he, that that face gets a little. It's a, uh, it's not creepy, but it's a little disturbing. That might be the way to put it. He looks like he's constantly in pain. Um, and then we get the semi introduction of Gecko Moria, mm-hmm. who is asleep. Um, this is definitely, uh, this is definitely an element that reminds me of Nightmare Before Christmas. He is sort of um, boogie boogie shaped, and he has these three little henchmen that end up not playing in too much, but they, they remind me a lot of the three little kids that follow Oogie Boogie around in Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, it definitely looks like that. Uh, and, and as we find out, uh, they are on a giant ship. Um, I just want to comment on that, that two-page spread, like right before they find out it's a ship. Like, they, there's a lot of great uh, shading on that two-page spread where uh, right after they pop Moria's bubble and right before he wakes up, like where he's laying down and we can see... Like uh, his is like his whole sleeping chamber area. It's really really cool looking. I love that. Just... Yeah, it's always interesting uh, what Oda chooses to do hatching for the shading and what he chooses to use tones for. And this is a good mix of both. His room almost reminds me of like um, Howl's Moving Castle's Howl's room. Oh, like yeah. it's like so ornate and like intricate. It's like really super cool. I just got the Blu-ray for that. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, or wow. like the nursery in Akira. Have you ever seen Howls? No, I haven't. Good. I love Howls. People, um, some people don't like it. I don't know why. Really? It's a masterpiece. 1010 would recommend. Yes, I, I, I agree. <laughs> um, so we yeah, we get to the we get to meet what are they, the mysterious four? Yeah. Um which uh, Hogback, Perona, Absalom, and Moria. Mm-hmm. Um, although we really don't see Moria, I feel like we don't see a lot of Moria. In general, in this arc, not considering for the next not yet. Yeah, yeah, not for the next two volumes, really. Not for the next this volume and the forty what forty seven. Yeah. Did uh, did any of you guys look through all the schematics for the Marion volume forty six? By the way, I know that's extra kind of. Oh yeah, I mean I read everything yeah, in yeah. volumes when I read it. Uh, did you have thoughts or anything? No, I, I mean I just like how each character has their own special place except for luffy like usopp has like you, you know what i'm talking about zoro has his weight room sanji's got the kitchen usopp has his uh his workshop robin's got her flowers nami's got her uh library and stuff well, robin's got the library too uh but like the whole ship is oh, no, everyone but luffy has books in the library uh, right <laughs> but uh you know robin and nami probably spend the most time in, in the library but luffy doesn't have like a special area because the whole th- like the whole ship is his the whole yeah he just the whole thing's his <laughs> No, it's it's cool. I, I like seeing that kind of detail. Um, it's really Although cool they included that. It's weird to think about. Like uh, I was reading one of the SBSs in Volume Fifty, where they were talking about like how people go to the bathroom on a ship, and uh, oh yeah, you're yeah. <laughs> talking about like well, it used to be that it used to they'd have a hole. It would go all the way you know just into the water. But uh, even uh, even on even the straw hats, you know, the guys are, are pretty. They they just you know off the edge pretty much, <laughs> as he says. No, they, I mean, they have it's, toilets, it's funny to, too. Funny to, I, they do, but the guys will go pretty much anywhere. He said, Oda said, please think of them using toilets. Um, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so, so we have a uh, volume 47. Mm-hmm. 
And as we enter volume 47, we get a little more uh, with Ryuma. Uh, I think they mention his name here. A zombie general uh, who has a move where uh, the, what is it, the humming notch slash? The, uh, was it the three, like the three step arrow notch slash or something like that? Which is like kind of out of Kill Bill. Uh, but yeah, you walk three, thing. yeah, you get hit and you walk three paces before you even know you've been hit. It's a, yeah, it's very Kill Bill. Uh, it's, but they, a, it's a trope. That's a yeah, yeah, old yeah. Japanese trope. Uh, but he slew a dragon for real. Uh, and this actually happens in the story Monsters, which is in Oda's uh, pre One Piece collection called Wanted. And uh, it's basically it's canon to the One Piece world. It's like a fairy tale of the One Piece world. Yeah, I actually got this... that um, manga as well. Mm-hmm. I was like really shocked to see Ruma in it. Yeah, I, I want that to like be released in English. Yeah, and it, it's canon to the story. So yeah, I'm yeah I'm jealous about that. I wanna I wanna <laughs> read all those. Um, I gotta I gotta learn Japanese first um, <laughs> more successfully than than I have been. Um, so, so yeah, anything else you want to mention with, with that scene? Okay, why don't we get into the scene where uh, all the things on the wall get beaten up by the strong guys. <laughs> I like how he plants, like, the bear rug gets planted right in the wall. He actually gets stuck there at the end of, the, the, at the end of like, the, the battle. Well, I love Luffy's super resolve moment saying, you know, if anything happens to my crew, I'm just going to blast your island until there's nothing left of it. Um, I love those Luffy moments, especially <laughs> when he's kind of not serious for most of this arc. When you think about it, it's very satisfying after they after the the creatures in this room scared the other members so bad, and you can tell that they think they're gonna just get away with it again. To have everybody just like, uh oh, you messed with the wrong guys this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and like, love. Oh, sorry. No, no, no go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. Oh, I definitely like the the dynamic of like them showing like the weak guys going first and then the strong guys coming afterwards. It's just like really fun to watch that. Yeah, no, it's unique too. You don't get that that often, I think, in the show. And, I guess maybe and, uh, that is is why he structured it that way, was so that he could get all the sort of scare elements of uh, of horror in first. There's a very. Uh, it's a very. You know, it's a very good thing that Oda does a lot where he splits up the crew for strategic purposes and it's very good storytelling in that, like, later on when Brooke falls down from the sky, the two people he runs into are Frankie and Robin and he talks to them about his past with Laboon and everything. But those are the two characters, well, Chopper as well, but those are the two characters who would have no idea who Laboon is. Right. So, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's mm-hmm. uh, you, you got to put the characters in the right places to be able to tell the story the way you want to. Because each character doesn't know everything. Uh, so we get a little of literally thriller, I think. Um, <laughs> and, uh, well, and no, Sanji disappears at this point. Yeah, of course. Um, well, not for the normal, typical Sanji reasons, I should probably say. Um, <laughs> That's before the zombie. There's literally a disco ball. Out, hang, hang Just hanging out of nowhere. Of, yep. Not connected <laughs> it's literally to floating. On these That's where Zach was talking about them doing the thriller dance. Yeah. The, one, the one-handed thriller dance. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's also, we see the zombie generals and I, I'm sure Ed, you want to talk a little bit about Captain John being one of them. Yes. That's the treasure that Buggy was looking for back in, uh, volume 25. Oh. Yes. 24, 24, 25. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting. We actually, this is where he ended up, I guess. And when, and uh, Oda explains later on in an SBS that he got so greedy with his treasure that all the, like the swords in his stomach, those are from his own crew. His crew mutinied on him. 
because he was hoarding treasure. I feel like we'll see that story one day, maybe. I mean, Luffy has yeah. the has the costume jewelry, or he has the guide to uh, Captain John's treasure. So that's true. And then we get introduced to Lola, uh, who is the inverse version of Absalom, I guess, uh, in which she just wants to marry him. Uh, I feel like this is Miss Piggy out of yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. She, I was gonna say that she's just like a freaky like Miss Piggy. <laughs> uh, if she were a warthog instead of a pig, Lola takes I, Manhattan. Yeah, when I first saw <laughs> when I first saw her in the manga, like I had no idea like how her voice would be, but like seeing it in the anime was just like so startling. She was like so feminine and like cute. I I don't know. Yeah, like I thought she was cute. Yeah, that's accurate. I I really like Lola, and especially the friendship she uh, has with Namizo. Uh, I forget. Do in the anime on. do yeah. the zombies have the same voice actors as their yes. shadows? Yeah, yes. okay. yeah, yeah. Like uh, or is was, Luffy's voice? That was that was one of my favorite things with um, Sanji is Inupe. Yeah, <laughs> he did that ridiculous voice, and it was like this or something. It's sort of it's like both higher pitched and more growly, you know? Sure. Yeah, with the the dog thing. So all all the weaklings, after getting defeated by Ryuma, were put into some sort of coffin, and they were accidentally dropped by the two incompetent squirrel slash chipmunks. What are they? They're squirrels. Squirrels. The Risky Brothers. The Risky Brothers, of course. Uh, How could I have forgotten that? Um, I mean, they do kind of come back a bunch of times. but so, So they find themselves in Perona's... Creepy, creepy garden of creepy oh, animals. The Risky Brothers have one of my favorite lines after the coffin breaks open where he says, Oh, they're awake. This is bad. Hurry up and punch them. Punch them dead. <laughs> <laughs> they're like super creepy, uh, cute, cutesy animals. It's this weird combo. It's funny when they come after them with like an axe. Yeah. <laughs> and Chopper just wrecks them. <laughs> Chopper has that ability. Um, yeah, you want to keep going, Ed? Um, yeah. So we get the uh, the, the there's some, the something's freaky detector starts going off again for because uh, they mentioned that earlier when they were in the carriage but uh, there's uh, adorable penguins here one two oh um, yes I'm the new guy uh, number three was <laughs> a bulldog face yeah what a face Ugh. Yeah. they're um, all pretty creepy they get progressively creepier um, I, I love the koala the koala is always so happy they're all really creepy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and we also, uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, he, he, we find out, we, obviously, Sanji, because he will never kick a woman. But, uh, you know, Sanji's gone too. So, what? Uh, and Zoro, Zoro's gone too. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and <laughs> I like how Luffy continues to taunt Oink Chuck, just like like grinding his fist into his face, like, what the hell is going on? Tell us more. Tell it. And he's like trying not to give up anything. Uh, and Luffy also decides that this is a perfect time to try on a suit of armor. Uh, it's a man's dream. Yeah, just because. <laughs> and they enter a room in which a giant, uh, a guy with a sword comes down to Frankie, manages to miss that. And I we, love that gag, though, with, uh, when Luffy's talking about his dreams, it was his dream to wear a suit of armor. It's like, oh, forgive me, I don't mean to have a heart of iron, and then he starts singing a song about it. <laughs> Cyborg Steel Traveler Blues. <laughs> yeah, that's I great. That I love that gag. 
And yeah, then a fight ensues, um, and we see these zombie generals, including the uh, very creepy Zoro guy, Jigoro of the Wind. I love the I love the Oda box for that, where it's um, the legendary grumpy old man, a master swordsman who cut a swath through seven thousand pirates just to protect his family. Perished at fifty nine. <laughs> so specific. Uh, what's crazy is whatever the hell that thing is on his head. Um, I don't know what the hell. That <laughs> oh, is. it's like a duck or something that, <laughs> with like teeth it's somehow like a, that's the creepiest thing in this arc yeah. for me it's like it's a, a top knot sort yeah. of but it's a got a face <laughs> and he's wearing like diapers or something <laughs> yeah yeah he's a traditional guy with if, a your song t-shirt <laughs> if sanji saw this zombie and was able to make fun of zoro for it he would have because it's terrible although the penguin with the bulldog face is a close second a scar uh, on the back is a swordsman shame but i'm covered in scars uh, and we see Luffy has also been captured, uh, probably because he put that armor on, um, and Frankie and Robin try and stop it, but are stopped by Tarolin, the zombie general spider monkey. Uh, Freaky. Re- this guy always creeped the hell out of me. Maybe yeah. it's a spider thing or a monkey <laughs> thing. I'm definitely terrified of spiders and monkeys aren't very much better. So. <laughs> Two of them together was like, ah. <clears throat> it's not a good combo. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the uh, Lola Nami uh, <laughs> like, connection. <laughs> what am I being accused of? I haven't actually even stolen anything yet. <laughs> As Nami <laughs> says. Um, and we also get a little with Absalom's power. and We're still not quite sure what he's able to shoot out of his arms. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, she, and also Nami makes sure to point out, I was like, yeah, I don't make myself, I make myself beautiful for myself, not for people like you. Ugh. Yeah, Absalom is pretty gross. And then she shocks him, and Absalom's like, is this love? Like, no, that's not love. It's lightning, you idiot. Come on. <laughs> and so we also find out, uh, as Robin and Frankie try and get to the other side of the bridge to save Luffy, that Robin somehow has the ability to fly for five seconds also. Uh which was a this was a crazy scene when I first saw it. I did not expect to see wings made out of arms. Yeah, coming out that of close back. up of the hand with well, all the hands is great. Mm-hmm. I but like also the, creepy. Yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I love the scene directly before that where Robin's like, uh, "Yeah, I'll follow your lead, Frankie." And Frankie's got this like sinister grin on his face, so he's gonna blow up the bridge. Oh yeah. <laughs> and Robin steps on his face to get on uh, <laughs> after uh, they fly a little bit. Which, uh... And we talked about what happens next in that scene, and that's Brooke landing. Um, but we'll get back to that later. Um, when the hell does it goes back and forth and back and forth a lot? I know, Ed, you're not a huge fan of that. Nope. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I guess the next. I'm trying to figure out a way to organize it, but it just goes back and forth too many times. Um, but it's important to note that during this time, Nami, uh, Usopp, and Chopper decide to hide out in uh, Kumasi uh, after they lose uh, they lose Absalom, mm-hmm. which uh, well, this also is no, creepy. Well, this is uh, this is still this is still um, uh, the Namizo stuff happens before that. Right, right, right. Yeah, so <laughs> she tries to convince Lola that uh, that she's a man, and surprisingly, it works. And uh, <laughs> you know, just call me Nami for short. Uh, and when Brooke shows up on the scene, he he uh, does the same move Ryuma does on uh, 
on the spider monkey, taking him out and then throwing salt in his mouth, which essentially purifies him and gets rid of the, the shadow. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is kind of the part of the arc where everything gets revealed and we kind of figure out everything that's been happening. Uh, <clears throat> shadows going into zombies and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Ed, if you want to expound, I think yeah. that's basically it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is that is pretty much it. But, I mean, there's a whole scene with uh, Terralan and... Uh, and uh, fighting Robin and and Frankie, where Frank, we get to see Frankie's heavy nunchucks for the first time. They, they and they they do. I mean, they they do last a little bit with uh, with him before Brooke shows up. But uh, like he, they do the thing where he like gets the sticky stuff on his face. But uh, yeah, it's it's all it's all Brooke really. And, and he, you see the song that he starts to sing all throughout this through this arc. It's it's thing it's first mentioned here. Like, no, no, you know, it's you see it at the very beginning when we first meet him. Right, and yeah, and we get more of the more of the lyrics here, I think. But we uh, after he's after he takes out Terralan and uh, you know he explains how, the, how they steal the shadows and and uh, Hogback is here to build all the build all the marionettes for him, which is you know it, it's one of the it's one of the worst things you can do, really. And Chopper really drives it home when he fights Hogback later, but it's like it's so disrespectful to human life that you would do this to corpses. So everyone's kind of starting to come together at this point. So we'll probably get through this a little faster at this point. Um, <clears throat> so oh, and, we, and also when Nami says that she's a man to Lola, she, she actually fools Topper for a little bit. He's like, oh, my God, I had no idea that Nami was actually a man. <laughs> I love that about Chopper. He just, like, believes everything at, like, first glance. <laughs> it's the best. Um, and so we finally get to see Gekko Moria's beautiful face. Um, Ugh. <laughs> I love this character. Like, the design is just, like, I don't know. I just love it. He's so hateable, you know? He's he so is hateable. hateable. Uh, he's so lazy. Uh, maybe that's why he, he's also hateable, but he's more relatable to, you know, us lazy people. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably why. <laughs> the, the, yeah, even even in the world of One Piece with all these crazy character designs, he, he looks really weird. Like, he doesn't quite look human. Uh, and uh, I did want to I mean there. Uh, I want to talk about one of my favorite gags back from. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, one of my, another one of my favorite gags that we kind of skipped over when Brooke is explaining things to Frankie and Robin, where uh, Brooke keeps making skull jokes, and Robin's like, "No, you can't hit him. He's already dead." But after like two or three times, she's like, "Yes, hit him, please." <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> so we get we get a little Luffy shadow gets cut. Uh, we see it in right after that scene, which is important because he gets knocked out after that, um, which is it's kind of weird to see Luffy just that helpless in such a situation and more of Sindri's comments like no one will ever marry you hogback or uh, that uh, absalom uh and then we and then we go back to brook who explains the whole shadow salt thing again um and what he has been doing for the last five years trying to get his uh shadow back um Mm-hmm. And yeah. then explaining one more thing that we don't find out until later. Well, although he has to, but he it. says that he has to fulfill a pact to his friend. Uh, that's why he ran to save his life once uh, when he came back. What um, right after he lost his shadow five years ago? Why he had to leave? Uh, you know, just you know, to save his own life at that point. Just because he has someone that he has to live for. Uh, Moria also decides that he is going to use Luffy's shadow for number nine hundred, whatever, whatever that may be. Um, actually, we find out it's a worse. <laughs> I mean, why am I 
Why am I even giving any suspense? I love this reveal page, too, when we first see Ors. Um, it's just this crazy-looking spread of this super giant guy. Mm-hmm. Which Ed, I like I that they repeatedly remind us that he's even bigger than regular giants. Yeah, it's... Uh, he looks pretty intense and pretty beat up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he is dead. Uh, and we, you want to talk about the whole Ryuma-Brook fight at this point? Sh- um... Should we first talk about putting the shadow in or the Ryuma Brook fight? I, doesn't that happen after this? I think well, they, after they, this. they meet right before uh, the first big Oris page. That's where they first meet for the, the second time. Uh, we'll talk about that a little later. I think that comes back a little later. Um, I, do you want to talk about Oris's awakening then? I want, I, mm-hmm. we we're kind of going too much into detail, I feel like. I want to. Yeah. And like with uh, Chopper, Usopp, and Nami hiding in, inside the bear, and like they're running commentary on it, and they're like, their struggle to stay quiet throughout. Yeah. Is, and is I really. Nice. Go ahead. I, I really like how um, Berzy's like trying to tell Perona the entire time, and it's like not just this time either. It's like later on as well, and she's just like, "Don't talk. You're not cute when you talk." <laughs> and he's just like, "Wait!" Like the whole thing would have been like complete, like you know, if they had found the three weak guys and like they had kept them hostage or something. Like the whole incident would have been like completely over. But like she's just like, "Stop, Berzy! Like just stop." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Mm-hmm. One of my favorite gags in in the arc uh, is Ors being Luffy. Um, no, it's especially it's more mm-hmm. so like really when uh, when he first gets implanted because they right, lose right, that right. after a while. Right. But um, yeah, just like the uh, with the hat and like the me like calling. Well, we'll we'll get to that. We're going to go in a little bit of order. But I, uh, I don't think it, Luffy ever completely disappears from him. I mean, he always he does the gum gum attacks for the mm-hmm. whole thing, and for example, but um, it's. It's really there at the beginning. He doesn't give a shit. It's so good. It's so funny. I even talking with my wife about Thriller Bark today. She was like, "Doesn't Ors like make a giant hat?" And I was like, "Yes, that that out definitely of, out happens." Of stone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talk about Ors. He is the the continent puller. He pulls continents. You could talk about that later. Ed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wonder what that means. And he and he also exclaims that he's the pirate king. Now I think we could talk about uh, the Ryuma book fight. Uh, let's talk about it in some total because it's there's a lot, and I don't want to get too caught up in details. I mean, first we see what happened, uh, which is that he was afraid he didn't want his afro to get touched, mm-hmm. and we later learn that's because of the boon. Uh, I mean, and he, you know, Ryuma mocks him pretty viciously for that. He's like, hey, you're such a coward. You know, you, you're going to beg for your life again, you know, stuff like that. And uh, and Ryuma is just – he's just too strong for him. It's like this fight is going to be over really quickly. He's like, you have my body – like you ha- you have uh, my attacks, but you're not me. But you know, he's actually much stronger, so he's going to take you out really quickly. The afro is a really good uh, element that um, Oda threw in to give Brooke stakes because – it's still sort of unclear whether or not Brooke can be like critically injured or or even killed, you know, uh, after he's been revived. So we have this sort of very valuable thing, like Luffy's hat or whatever, that that uh, Brooke doesn't want to have damaged. Doesn't he say like it doesn't like grow back either? So he's like, right. not the Afro man. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he can't grow anymore. His roots are strong, but if you cut the roots, you know, it's not gonna it's not gonna grow back. Mm-hmm. Um, so while uh, Nami is getting prepared for her wedding, which we're just going to pr- pretend isn't happening. The zombie, well, the, no, the zombie, like, clothing guy, uh, the dressed guy, like, he gets a closer look at Nami by taking his eyeball out. Oh, it's, just, <laughs> it's 
funny and disgusting at the same time. Uh, and so this is kind of the halfway point as we uh, everyone converges back on the Thousand Sunny to explain what's going on. And we see Luffy, Zoro, and Sanji have been dignified, put in a dignified position after. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love this little guy. A beautiful, was it a beautiful <laughs> swordsman with a bunch of meat? Oh, yeah. right, yeah. A beautiful female swordmaster. Swordsman? I love that page because it says beautiful female, meat, swordmaster. Okay, we're doomed. <laughs> Chopper says, okay, we're doomed. Because <laughs> that's, that's what it's what it takes for them to, to wake up. And so everyone kind of fills each other in on everything that was happening, which we have talked about. Uh, and the people who remain, the, the original crew, you know, Luffy, Sanji, uh, Usopp, who else is there? I think those are the three that were the three or four, and Sora. Mm -hmm. uh, remember uh, Laboon and kind of fill everyone in on that. Luffy is not satisfied by cheese and dried bread because that was all that was left on the ship after uh, Perono looted everything. There's nothing sadder than that. Yeah. Wait, uh, so this is when this is when Brooke finally we get the story that he's gonna meet up with Laboon, right? Yes. Yeah, that was a mind blowing moment because uh I think we're used to this by this point, and it's one of the things that we love about One Piece, but I think at this point it's still not not super common for Oda to be pulling things in from way back in the story, uh to to like years later. And it was just really, really like, oh my god, I can't believe he's actually incorporating that into this character you know because it's it's really at this point when you know one piece is finally long enough to have a way way back you know right like, yeah it, it, it's it's finally been so long that we can start bringing things in and it seems like it was really really long ago and it's not just like one arc ago this is stuff that happened you know hundreds of chapters ago like uh, back in like volume twelve, one hundred is one hundred one, I think. With yeah. this, yeah, this is like thirty volumes ago at this point. So yeah, I actually like speed read like all of this. So like from that first Laboon until like now, or yeah, this part right now. And I don't know, like I just thought, wow, like Oda is such a he's such a mastermind. I guess like he's always thinking about how to bring things like full circle. And, like, that's probably, like, what I love the most about this anime or manga. It's, I agree. It's, it's, it's really, it's such a talent to be able to do that. Uh, and who knows if he, if, I, I, I think he probably kind of knew a little bit of what was happening back then. But who knows if he really knew that he was planning a skeleton guy to join the crew and this is what he was supposed to Well, I mean, this is as good a time as any to bring up uh, One Piece, uh, what is it, Green? Yeah, yeah that, that that he did have, like, sketches for a skeleton character, like, super early on. 94? It was yeah. before he did the series. <laughs> um, he would have been, what, 19? He was born in 1975. I think, it was, I think he was 17 when he drew the sketches for Green. Um, 92, then. Yeah, it might have been 92. I think it was when he was, like, first conceiving One Piece. Which it, was... it, it's also so weird to think that Oda only just turned 40. He's not very. He's not really that old in the grand scheme of things. No. There, and there had been talk about him originally wanting to have a skeleton character on Buggy's crew, uh, if I remember well, Zoro was originally on Buggy's crew. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked a little bit yeah. about that. So it's something that he wanted to do for a long time, and it's 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 entirely possible that he was, like saving it for this kind of thing but it's hard to say whether or not definitively you know well what sane person wouldn't want a skeleton on their pirate crew I mean, 
Yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> I actually saw like um, Chopper's initial like character design. He was intended to be like a polo wearing, sword wielding, chain smoking zebra reindeer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was so like, good. <laughs> it was like Sanji and like Zoro's characters mixed together with like a, a zebra. <laughs> I think that was in one of the color walks. No, no, yeah. that was also that's in, in green, green too. Yeah, yeah. it's not yeah. the same thing. Um, I think he did that. He had a few places he he had initial designs for them. Um, it's really interesting to see how far the characters ended up coming. Um, so after that, they decide, uh, okay, Brooke has to join. He's a musician. He's a talking skeleton. He has Laboon. Uh, Frankie weeps again because he's Frankie. Uh, although they're both old men, so maybe, again, it's that relation there. Uh, and they uh, prepare for the counterattack, and we head into uh, the next volume. Uh, volume 48 and gotta get back meet nami and shadows not in that order <laughs> uh one of those things isn't as important we we ha- kind of haven't been mentioning the covers of the volumes too which i think i'm not a huge fan of 47 but i like 46 and 48 a lot actually uh, 48 is one of my favorites Seven is so nice is okay maybe that's yeah it's it's a personal it's a subjective thing um no, what do you? I get. What do you guys? Which ones do you like? I mean, there's also 49 and 50 coming up here as well. But I mean, of all of the ones from this one, 48 is my favorite from these ones. Joey, uh, 46 and 49 would be my picks. Uh, 46 would definitely be my top. It's just super well composed. 48 is really nicely composed too. But 46 with that giant moon and um, the way that Brooke is breaking everything up. It's really great. And I just love the color of uh, Nightmare Luffy, which we'll get to later, but the uh, colors on 49 are really great. Uh, Tiffa? I love um, 47, actually. Like, I think the colors are like a lot different from what he usually does. Sure. And like just seeing Moria for the first time is just like really amazing. 46 is also really great with the composition. Um, yeah, I like 48, and I, if we could count 50, I would definitely say that that one's a great one as well. I, the original Japanese one, it's it's in black, with a black background, too, to celebrate uh, the 50th volume, I think. But um, I, I think I'm, Ed and I have two similar opinions uh, sometimes <laughs> for our own good. Um, I, it's just, it's you don't usually just see two characters on a, on a, on a cover anymore, mm-hmm. so it's kind of different. I think that's why. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I do love the colors, especially the background in 47. You don't really see that that often. That's true. Um, okay, so the counterattack begins. Uh, well, Sanji's about to mutate here. He's so, uh, he goes he's super about to Saiyan. transform Super Saiyan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Ors is uh, checking out the top of the ship. Um, it's a time of crisis, and all the generals are at a wedding? Hold on. <laughs> God, that wedding is just... That was a poorly timed wedding. I'm just going to say that. Uh, Priorities. I know. Come on. Come on, Absalom. Uh, So we have two groups that last for around 30 seconds. Um, The first group being Luffy, Sanji, Usopp, Chopper, and Robin, and then Zoro and Frankie. But uh, that quickly... I, I don't know why he put the map there, and a page later, it the plan just it completely changes when Ors literally jumps down mm-hmm. onto the platform. And then, so I think after that, it's a, it's a completely different group. <laughs> like, Zoro thinks it's a wall. It's like, that's no wall. <laughs> it's like the uh, Star Wars thing, when they're inside the, the worm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I guess the... Let's talk fight by fight, because... Uh, I think yeah, we also see Frankie's bridge building skills here. <clears throat> the pretty damn good. That, that one is so great. 
Mm-hmm. It's a great gag. And later on, when Nami walks past, it's like, this is so well done, but why is it so small? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> All right, so let's get into some fights. Uh, let's start first with a Chopper and Robin versus Hogback. Uh, what, do you, what did you guys think of that? That was, like, so satisfying just seeing them beat the shit out of, like, Hogback. <laughs> he deserved the hell out of it. Chopper does a couple of co- combination attacks. They do the Robicho suplex and uh, and later on they do the Frapper Cannon with Frankie and Chopper Cannon with punches. Oh, yeah. Oars. I forgot it was called a Frapper Cannon. Yeah, that's, like that's a... why it was called that. So we're waiting for the Frappuccino then after that. <laughs> Don't forget about Frapper. Right, Steve? <laughs> no, he's... Well... If he's listening, he won't forget. Um, I, I also like the uh, well with the they like do the um, basically Ors ruins the fight. <laughs> he ruins all the fights. He like he interrupts Except for Perona and Usopp. Uh, yeah, I might as well talk about Perona and Usopp now. Mm-hmm. Well, they had that great gag at the beginning with like, uh, "Don't worry, it'll get better." <laughs> it's like with uh, with with Usopp like telling him like, "Don't be so negative." <laughs> this is this is the part of the anime. I, I just watched these with Steve uh, on the on the sets, and it's really tough to watch some of these because they just they're so slow. And mm. then I read it, and I'm like, oh, the Usopp Perona fight's like two chapters. It's not that bad at all. It's one of my favorite, like the the moment where he's he says, "I'm already extremely negative," and she does the Enru face. Like that's one of my favorite moments uh, mm. for sure. It was like the moment where I was like, wow, Usopp is like completely just like so useful for once, right? Yeah, it's it's his moment. <laughs> it's the moment he's been waiting for. <laughs> um, and we, we see another thing before Sanji goes off to fight uh, Absalom oh. that um, he can fly now. But uh, no, he can't actually fly. He just jumps off the bridge and we can hear him crash off the page. <laughs> like at oh, a yeah, different yeah. panel, we can hear him crash. And he's like, eh, adrenaline keeps you from feeling pain, as Frankie says. Um, and, and while this is all happening, too, Orr's uh, Gatling guns the hell out of all of the general zombies we were supposed to be so afraid of this whole time. Uh, and just does away with all of them in one shot there, uh, which is a fun little scene. Interrupting the wedding. And he interrupted the wedding because they were their invited guests. Um, <laughs> he's gum gum, even though he's adventure. not made of rubber. Uh, and we also get a little bit of the Luffy and very lazy Gecko Moria fight. <laughs> he does. I mean, he gets one hit and he kicks him. He kicks Moria in the butt, literally in the butt. Uh, <laughs> which is what he said he was going to do. So he did it. So that's good. Um, get, <laughs> Sanji, Sanji skips his way into the wedding uh, or into the, the the chapel there with his weird happy face and like how he gets distracted by Nami. He goes, he sees a goddess. Oh my god, are you? Did you fall from the sky? Are you an angel? Him and Absalom bond over that. They both get distracted by how beautiful Nami is. Um, they're basically the same person, let's be honest. Uh, well, and also, I mean, it, it was Sanji's dream to have the invisible fruit, and he, t- he stole that dream from him. Now he's going to have to peep normally. Ugh. Come on, the guys. part where he throws Nami so that he won't stain her dress is a pretty great uh, moment. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a cool looking fight. Um, well, he, Absalom weighs 600 pounds and he has like gorilla muscles which is really cool but Sanji still does away with him in pretty quick manner mm-hmm. um, although at the end of that Nami's the one who actually defeats him because <laughs> he's still walking around uh, and one lightning bolt takes him out um, mm-hmm. yeah the whole uh, just because of the Perona uh, Usopp fight does kind of uh, the bulk of it takes place after the Absalom fight mm-hmm. um 
Yeah, there's... I love how I love how it's just Usopp at his best. Mm-hmm. Like he does the, um, she calls him Nega Nose at one point. Uh, he uses the impact aisle to hit that uh, to get that big. Um... That random rhino who shows up out of nowhere. It's a, he's, no, it's Hippo Gallant. I'm is his name, Lieutenant Hippo Gallant. Thank you, Ed. <laughs> but you no, know, it. Um... The, the the giant Perona and like explaining how many dials like the, all the dials that Kabuto has in it, which I thought was really cool. And he and, also says, "Never challenge me to a duel in negativity and lying." <laughs> and um, oh, we get the line about Kumasi that he is stronger than the average bear. Yeah, I, whoever <laughs> wrote that in is pretty clear reference. Um, yeah. All right, so let's talk about I think probably the highlight of these fights, and that's Ryuma versus Zoro. And it's very interesting how it's laid out as well. It's not like the normal fight uh joey did you anything you want to talk about with that yeah this is the i and this is my favorite like the kind of the coolest fight of uh of the the story arc i think in my opinion and i love the part where they're running up and down the roofs it kind of reminds me of castle of caliostro the scenes where he keeps kind of sliding down the the very steep roofs and uh i just yeah it's very kinetic very cool tiffa I totally agree. I thought like um, this was one of my favorite fights with uh, Zoro, and just seeing like them—I don't know—just seeing them fight was like really cool. <laughs> I well, don't really have very, that much comment. Yeah. There's a lot of textless uh, just action here, but there's yeah. a, some good text where he's talking about like um, it, that uh, the blade will be satisfied with Zoro as his master because Zoro like he arouses the soul of a swordsman. He's yeah. a true swordsman, and Ryuma's the same way. I um, also really like um, the way that uh, Oda draws like Ryuma's kimono. It's actually like has a lot of like dynamic um, movement in it, and like really adds to like the the attacks. No, I agree, and the sword yeah. as well. The Shusui uh, is this very yeah. dynamic-looking sword. It's it's very different from most of the things. It's got a. It's got all the. Um, it's tapered got tapered like, edge. Is that what you got? Not tapered. No, it's got the like the, uh, like the wave on the blade. There's a name and, for that. Yeah, it's like black and like has that wave. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so Ryuma actually. I mean, uh, Brooke realizes how much Ryuma was taking it easy on him in their in both of their fights, and. Um, but, you know, Ryuma feels, I mean, he ultimately, like, he's he's ashamed of losing, but uh, Zoro says, just pretend that this never happened, which is a really cool thing to do. Uh, the Zoro-Ryuma fight kind of highlights a thing, one of my issues with Thriller Bark, though, is this sort of tension where sometimes the zombie character seems like they're trying, they're more supposed to portray the bodies, yeah. but really they're being inhabited by the, like, he's being inhabited by Brooks' shadow, so, like, there is some symbolism with, with uh, him handing over uh, Shusui to, to Zoro, but it's not actually Ryuma making that decision, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it's true. It, it, that's bothered me a lot with, with this arc. It's kind of tough. Sindri is the next good example of that, where I can't really tell if it's the body of that girl who's, you know, uh, resisting or, you know, has the will of her own, or if it's the, if it's the shadow, which we see a little of at the very end, uh, the body that that came from. Um, it's a little confusing, I guess, would be what I would think. Um, and any, I guess, since the fight here ends, I'd I don't want to tread the same water, but anything else with the hogback that you'd want to mention before it gets interrupted by oars? 
Okay. Uh, well, we get the, the the fact that Zoro and Sanji's zombies will fight regardless of. Uh... Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean that makes sense. Um, so yeah, after that, I think this is when the Ors fight really begins and continues for the next volume and a half. Um, mm-hmm. And we get this is just like really the first fight where everyone fights together, um, which is cool. Um, I, I don't know. This. Do you want to talk about like the remainder of volume? Uh, 48, because that's all basically that fight from this point on. Um, I mean, let's just, let's just talk about it. It's... <laughs> the whole fight, or just the... Well, I mean, it's, it's 48, and then it's 49. 49, yeah, most of well, 49, so, yeah. Yeah. Let's just, let's just kind of go in order, I guess, because, I mean, the crew isn't as split up anymore, so it's, it's a bit more of a linear story. It is, which is nice. I do um, think that it was a good point that you made, Zach, about how we get to see everyone fighting together, and that's pretty rare for One Piece, and I think that's one of the things that makes this stand out, for sure. Yeah, well, when something's this enormous. Yeah. Yeah. It actually, it, it reminds me of... Um, oh, uh, just good to go back one one bit first. Uh, just, I love Chopper's, um, like, his so, sort of soliloquy about, like, human life and how humans are supposed to be free, and, like... Um, Luffy isn't he doesn't he can get anyone to work for him he doesn't need zombies he, that's that's the he's the kind of guy he is that he draws people to him he doesn't need to like make zombies work for him and also telling um giving the Zoro and Sanji zombies the order to jump out the window uh Tiffa right. any any thoughts on, on the I guess the first part of the oars fight um I do think it's, like, really cool that they're all fighting together. I think, like, uh, Oda actually does that a lot. They'll, he'll, like, separate all the characters and put them all together for, like, that last fight. And then they'll all get defeated except for, like, Luffy or something. Um, one thing I really liked... <laughs> sorry, it's just, like, a gag, but, like... Yeah. Uh, I love, like, Zoro's food jokes. Like, um, his attacks are, like, nigori or, like, onigiri or something like that. I think those are always really cute. Yeah. I, I forget that sometimes because... Yeah. <laughs> um, during this whole thing, we also get kind of the... Yeah, the Nami uh, with uh, Lola and Absalom, the, that kind of resolution there. Um, and probably one of my favorite parts going into volume 49... Uh, is when everyone is looks like they're knocked out and they get back up. Although that happens like four times, I think in this arc. Um, mm-hmm. And like, uh, uh, I, I, I like the beginning of it where uh, Zoro cuts off Orz's tusk. Like he actually gets him a little bit. Yeah, I, I, they. It, yeah. It's like they realize you have to do it little by little, and that's how you take this guy down. Mm-hmm. And you can see the little bit of Luffy still in Orz, where he's like, he yeah. he loves, he thinks Soga King is so cool. He also has. Yeah, speaking of teamwork, oh, yeah. we got to mention docking. Well, it's incomplete. <laughs> the incomplete docking, unfortunately. <laughs> Chopper is just distraught by that. Also, it's like, no, we don't have the left arm. We need the left arm, and Robin is not on board. Yeah, all no way. Is. What I would they I even never. do <laughs> <laughs> if it was complete? Nope. Like, what would they do? <laughs> <laughs> When I was watching the anime, I was like, this is amazing. And then when I, I was reading it in the manga, I was like, I almost skipped it. I almost, like, forgot about it. It's a very big moment, I think. In, yeah. For, I think for a lot of readers, they're like, this was this was the moment. It's um, featured on the cover, and I love that oh, yeah. you can see a tiny robin <laughs> facing the other way. Like, mm-mm, no way. No way. <laughs> <laughs> this is embarrassing as a human. 
I also love how Frankie's bare feet step on Zoro's face while he's trying <laughs> to do it. Um, I'm surprised those two cooperated. Well, Zoro at the like immediately afterwards is regretting like taking participating in this. <laughs> I'm surprised like Usopp knows to become like a clamp like right away. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Usopp is. He's he's on board, way on board with this. Orz was on board too. He <laughs> wanted it. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Why isn't this happening? Um, we do the Frankie Skywalk, which was uh, that was awesome. That was right. That was where we get the Frapper Gong. That was Frapper Gong, not Frapper Cannon. <laughs> they managed to flip him upside down, and he get his his horns get stuck in the ground, which is really cool. Yeah, uh, and it's you realize how impressive it is. It's like think about the size of him, just flipping him and sticking him into the ground <laughs> like that. Um, and that is when we get, right after this, Nami's wandering through the halls. Well, no, and... she's going for the treasure chamber, which she finds has already been emptied by Perona, who's going to take everything and leave on the sunny. Yeah, so it's sure. all on the ship now. Uh, important for later. And it was Perona... so nice of Perona to put all that on there for them. And Perona <laughs> and her minions see uh, a mysterious figure, and it is Bartholomew Kuma. Can you tell me, Joey, since you remember, you know, first reading this week to week, do you remember the mm-hmm. reaction of that? Um, I think at this point I still was not a hundred percent like familiar with who all the warlords were so like i think i didn't quite remember him so it was just kind of like okay here shows up another guy (laughs) we'll see who this is i mean he's kind of the crux of what this arc you know the the lasting impact of this arc too so it's it's uh it's interesting i i I like his entrance a lot too uh, especially with perona a little bit later on um Uh, yeah uh so they make all these uh, when Orz is stuck in the ground. Like they, all the whole crew makes like evil faces. I love it. that. Yeah, they're just like, hey, it's time to kill you." <laughs> <laughs> and on and, the uh, next page, them Zoro, running away is uh, really great. Yeah, but Zoro doesn't. Zoro isn't going to wait for Luffy. He has a blade to test, so he's going to try something out here. But uh, we, we see, we, and we talk about like com- we uh, find out about Kuma that he committed atrocities. So I really, I'm really more curious to learn about like the history of, of Kuma. Yeah, we it's, don't know very much. Nothing um, at all. We know he committed atrocities, and he can and, make people go bye bye. And he can make people go bye bye. Uh, but he asked first, at least, you know, if you were on vacation, where would you like to go? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we don't we don't know exactly the extent to his crazy powers, but he disappears, Perona. Um, that's the I last love how he, uh, how how she gets like stuck in his questions, like. Like, uh, who the hell are you? He's like, where would you like to go? Well, I think I'd like to go to a gloomy castle and sing cursed songs. <laughs> like, she answers the question, like, super seriously. Kuma appears before Nami, too, to kind of talk back and forth and asks about Ace to Nami. Uh, and then we go back to the fight where Luffy has finally caught Moria, but it's not Moria, it's his shadow, and he's in the middle of a cemetery. Uh, <laughs> in the forest, actually, I In think. the forest. Yeah. I can't tell the difference here. It's the same he's completely, thing. He's completely stranded at this point. Yeah. Uh, so we see Zoro is testing his Shusui, but it's, it's, he isn't. But he says that he is not strong enough to master it yet, which is which is interesting. Like he he can feel the sword. So there's two there's two big things that happen here. Uh, first is that apparently Ors moved the ship out of the Florian Triangle. So now anyone who has lost their shadows, which includes the big three, um, will actually burn up because now the sun could peek through. And the second big thing is now Kuma and Moria are having a conversation. And they're both very large. 
they're, they're like, like the opposite. 22 feet tall. They're, they're too tall. They're like the opposite proportions where uh, <laughs> you know, one starts out small and gets big and the other is opposite. Yin and yang right here. They are kind of yin and yang. One's um, like a leak and the other one's just like an upside down leak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Mori is also kind of, he's, well, I don't even know where I was going with that. Uh, <laughs> I get the bit where Kuma tries to ask Moria where he wants to go on vacation. And Moria's like, don't even try that with me. <laughs> but he makes this ridiculous <laughs> face. I already know what your powers are. And this is a super important conversation because we find out that the person who has filled in for Crocodile all the way back then uh, is a guy named Blackbeard, who we know now was the one who just presumably defeated Ace. Marshall D. Teach. Yeah. Uh, th- all very... Uh, all p- Didn't we know it was Marshall D. Teach? I thought we knew Not that probably, already. Probably, but I, I just like... I, I, lo- I love like remembering that every time because he's, 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 he's a very important D. Uh, did you guys have any thoughts as to this scene? I mean, I, li- I like the fact that like it's, it's going to destabilize the world. And I think M- Kuma, more so than anyone else, I think really understands that. Like The three powers are supposed to be this balancing force in the world with the seven warlords and the four emperors and the, the Navy HQ. But uh, It's hard yeah. to read him, though, because he has one facial expression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And he basically, and uh, Kuma basically offends Moria. Like he's like, they're concerned that they're going to take you out too. And he's like, what the hell do you take me for? So this actually inspires Moria to actually like start fighting himself. Uh, but so he goes out and he uh, he ends up in the cockpit, a cockpit of oars. And the oars is like, oh, I have a cockpit. That's awesome. Yeah, this is where <laughs> things get really weird. <laughs> it guess... literally reminds me of like Moulin Rouge. There's like just this like penthouse box suite like in the middle of more like in the middle of oars it's some Boz Lerman film inside of oars yeah. <laughs> uh and we also see brooke getting a thing of salt but yeah. that doesn't really go anywhere we also find out that uh milk cures broken bones well of course it's calcium it's, it's way too quick uh and the way the thing about moria being inside is now he is able to shape ores to his shadow, meaning now all the rubber, rubbery, quote-unquote, attacks work. Which is why later on, I think, when everyone's shadows come back, that even though, like, half their bodies have been disintegrated, the shadow, like, makes yeah, the body the match it. I don't get it at all, but sure. <laughs> uh, and, and then we're introduced to Lola's counterpart, Lola, uh, who has proposed 4,443 times so far. Did you write that down or do you remember it? No, it says. <laughs> okay. I'm looking at it. And let's make that 4444. Four, four, four. I think the f- I think Luffy's the 4,440. Yeah. yeah. Right there. When, 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 was it when she asked Frankie, he's like, nope, I'm too super. <laughs> that was later on. He's like, you're a great gal, but I'm sorry, I'm too super. <laughs> for, yeah. Um, but, or I'm too uh, super to settle down or something like that. Uh, we get a bunch of a bunch of figures here that Luffy's getting secret powers. But, um, so their crews, when we find out their crew shadows were taken three years ago, but that's a he gets a 10-minute shadow power-up. It's 20 minutes to daylight, and uh, he gets 100 shadows. So that's numbers. That's, uh, there's a lot of time constraints happening here. Uh, so as Moria explains what's going on, uh, and we have a lot of cool like team attacks, including the Usopp, Brook, Nami one, 
uh, where he lightnings through his arm, which is pretty cool. They all they all attack that side of the arm because they realize that's where the initial damage is. Uh, Chopper diagnoses Chopper. it. He died yeah. of uh, frost, and really, and Zoro is one of the people who's like, ah, oh. <laughs> like he, uh, what an idiot. He went outside cold. But Zoro has no place to speak about that, you know, because what happened on on Drum, uh, on Drum Island, right? <laughs> you, you saw, like, you can't, like, uh, Zoro can't be offended by this because he did the exact same stupid thing. And Robin has the smart, smart, smart idea to attack Moria inside using her ability inside the cockpit. Unfortunately, it kind of backfires because he switches himself somehow with a shadow clone. I don't really know how that works. Um, Robin gets the bats this time. Yeah, Brick bats. she's bitten by bats yeah. that are like super cute and like really simple compared to like the rest of the story, which is weird. So that's when everyone decides to finally just try and take out the left to the right arm, the right arm. It's left from where I'm looking. That's why I'm thinking. And it really doesn't work because what if five of them get knocked down and three are left standing and it's Zoro, Nami and Usopp. Um, we did mention that Robin does get her uh, shadow taken. Yes, I should have me- mentioned that as well. Raising the stakes even more. Yeah. I'd... like it's Because we end up with, like, it's only the weak characters who haven't had their, their shadows taken. Except for Frankie. I don't, I don't think Frankie loses his either. And Usopp feeds Orr's salt, but that doesn't work because Moria just gets it and stops it from entering the body. And that is when we have the great entrance, finally, of uh, Monster Luffy. Nightmare Luffy. Nightmare Luffy. I'm losing my mind. I'm sorry. It's uh, the name of the volume, Zach. Uh, you know, you'd think I would know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tiffer, what do you think of uh, Nightmare Luffy? I thought he was just like the Hulk version of like Luffy. <laughs> like a really weird um, blue version of Luffy. I wasn't super into it, but like it was it was a fun fight. Yeah. Joey? Uh, yeah, the Hulk is definitely the first thing that comes to mind, uh, especially when you see it in black and white and you're not sure what color he's going to be. But then when you see him being that blue, it's a good sort of ghosty blue. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I, I like that color. But um, yeah, you know, it's it's that Oda thing of, of pumping up characters uh, to make sure you really can see how strong they are. Mm-hmm. And, like, he actually does, like, the Hulk thing later on when he's, like, slamming ores yeah. by his hair. <laughs> he just massacres him while he's in this form. It's not even a it's not even a match. Like, he stops, like, he stops his punch with, like, one... It was actually the gum-gum rifle, because more you can make him twist, like, his arm like that, it was, which is weird. Uh, he but, slices him with a sword, which is always cool, because we don't see Luffy do that ever. Yeah, he, I mean, he does he pretty much... This- yeah, he has the soul of, like, a marine in him, right? Or something right. like that? Yeah, that's something like that. And we see that marine later on, actually, when he gets his shadow back. Oh, we do? Yeah, he's the marine who, like, he was hiding in a... F- uh, we'll, we'll get to there. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's right before we see the, the, the maid who was, uh, who was Sentry's shadow. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, we, and he, he almost defeats Ors with a gum-gum nightmare storm, uh, and then he deflates. The battle is over. Not... That was a ter- that was one that was a bullshit cliffhanger in my opinion. In that yeah. in that panel, I love that panel where you see all the shadows escaping him and the sort of like cherry on top is you can see his hat and how small his hat is compared to his head. Uh, that's great. <laughs> oh yeah. Um but yeah, I remember like reading that and actually thinking the fight was over and I was really annoyed at the next chapter. Yeah, cuz the fight's not over. 
but the, this is the anime does a really good job too with this final fight I, I suggest I don't remember the episode number I apologize but uh, it's really well animated this final scene is they everyone kind of works together here to freeze him in place and then tie him in place so his backbone is straight mm -hmm. and so Luffy could do a gigantic uh, bazooka to I mean, I get the that, um, Frankie emergency plumbing crank it to the max he says <laughs> I love that line. Uh, it's like Luffy loosened the pickle jar on oars and everyone else is trying to like. Yeah. <laughs> Good way to put that. Yeah. Uh, but they pull his spine straight because it's supposed to be like S shaped so they can bear the load. But if you do a, a so Luffy goes into like gear, it's gear two with gear three and does a bazooka down like vertically. And we can see Orr's spine just shatter. It's brutal. I love it. It is very brutal. Uh, but you think the fight's over? No. Because yep. there's still another guy in there that we have to beat, and that's Moria. And that's where things get especially crazy. Um, it turns into kind of like Cell from the end of uh, that DBC arc. <laughs> uh, and he turns into this giant, super creepy Thousand Shadow guy. Um, Shadow Asgard, right? Oh, but they do that thing with the, they superimpose Moria's evil eyes, like right before he does it, over like, um, I gotta find the, it's right at the end of, uh, what, volume 49 here, yeah. but uh, in that last chapter, but like they, they superimpose his eyes over like Thriller Bark, and it's, it's one of my favorite panels just from this fight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I haven't mm -hmm. seen that. Yeah. I, I, I glossed over that. Mm -hmm. Um, when the straw has. Pages. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You, you go. You go. Uh, the next couple of pages, he just like shows up as a giant like puffy toad thing. <laughs> That's well just like super evil. Yeah, he reminds me of the end of Kung Fu Hustle. If anybody's seen that, oh, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah, sort yeah, of yeah definitely. Like... <laughs> uh, the, this whole ending is it, it goes into volume fifty here. But uh, Moria sort of does a monologue about like how the new world uh, is going to beat you down. You can't like I, I I was like you once, Luffy. I had a small crew some some good guys but i lost everything in the new world zombies are much better they don't like they don't they don't die they, yeah they don't, they don't die. die on you yeah so i mean and as we see later like moria went one one on one with kaido but he obviously he lost the fight and he lost his crew and he lost and something managed will. yeah he managed to like eh, he's just lazy now He's become this lazy sack of whatever. Yeah, yeah, you and uh, sack of shadows. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's exactly what he is in this in this chapter. He is literally a sack of shadows. But it's like kind of tragic because it, there's a an element of it that he's sort of a you know be, become this sort of lazy guy who relies on zombies because he doesn't want to be able to like lose a crew again. You know. Yeah. No, there is. I mean, we don't care enough because he is this creepy sack of shadows um but i'm sure i'm sure one day we'll see exactly what happened um totally and humanizes him it does it, a little bit it, even though he's like a 22 feet leak shaped <laughs> born deviled guy <laughs> yeah i guess it humanizes him uh, <laughs> as much as could be possible so yeah luffy hits him and hits him and hits him and just keeps knocking those shadows out of but his the straw body. hats they won't budge they're not going to come out of the out of the uh go they're not going to go into the into the shadows again because they believe in luffy and rubber and, rubber always bounces back and <laughs> yeah he's got luffy's gonna get reckless now and, oh yeah that's what he says he actually says i'm gonna get reckless now oh i thought he said oh yeah <laughs> that's what oh, i say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> imagine luffy saying that now i don't um Yes. Only, only when he's Afro Luffy. So finally, 
I think he does two or three of those uh, jet shells, which is a new attack, um, which is third gear, second gear, balloon kind of thing. It's it's kind of nuts. And, and he just gets thrown to the side and the shadows are released. And as the bodies disintegrate... Uh, I, I do like one thing that Moria says, or like that Luffy responds to. He's like, "I'm not an he's not, he's not a nail. He's a nail that sticks out. He's not going to be pounded down. He's going to stick out. He's he, he might be a punk, but he's not going to give in." And uh, rubber always bounces back. Yeah, Luffy's that punk, then mm-hmm. a punk kid. I love how Lola calls out for her shadow. Like she demands that it return to her. It's uh... so the Straw Hats are dead. Um, no, 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 they're not dead either. It's uh, uh, <laughs> Luffy. Uh, oh, I love that line from Luffy. He's like. Luffy also calls out to his shadows, like, if you want, you better return if you want to be uh, the king shadow for the king of the pirates. Yeah. Ugh. It's a cool so. scene. Mm-hmm. So then we get a little tiny bit of, you know, everything's fine, except for the fact that there's another warlord on the island. Um, and then you get this scene, which is just such a crazy, crazy cherry on top for this arc. Oh, that's oh, that's where you find out the old man with the sphere entries. His name is Old Man Spoil. Honorary chair of the Victims Club of Thriller Park. Thank you, Ed. <laughs> Where would we be without? Call back. Um, it's just too confusing to call him that, though. Um, so yeah, do do you guys want to any thoughts on this Kuma scene? Well, uh, right before that, uh, we get the that Zoro like uh, they were trying to thank him, all like the Lola pirates and stuff, and it's like, no, no, we we fought for our own reasons, and people are like. Just, Take the thanks, guy. Come on. Like you don't have to fight for your own reasons every time. You can be no- you can be noble. Joey, what do you what do you think of the the Kuma arrival or second arrival? I don't know what to call it. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it becomes it's a very dire situation. And it becomes a really great moment for Zoro. You know, he's such a he takes on so much uh, throughout the entire uh, series, and this is just a great example of him sort of silently suffering to to serve the crew mm-hmm. and like it uh it sort of goes back to like distancing zoro from sanji because i feel like people thought they were kind of equal at this point because they like they both took out members of cp9 but zoro really asserts himself as the first mate of the crew here by doing like by taking it the all the stuff for luffy hey, sanji paint. tries sanji tries. he tried but uh zoro he like he took him out like elbow to the gut and made him pass out and we fight we find oh we see earlier on that the, the pawpaw fruit is it's incredibly strong like he can teleport himself basically by like pushing it like by using his powers on himself he can and bounce like, off all attacks he can compress air at the speed of light and like compress like so it's gonna explode Ugh. uh tiffa what did you think of this whole part yeah, I thought, um, like, just Zoro taking in, like, that attack for Luffy and, like, really holding it in and not, like, you know, whimpering or, like, crying or anything. Like, I thought that was super cool. That's actually, like, probably the my second favorite, like, moment in the entire arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's actually my favorite, but everyone knows my, my favorite character is Zoro. My, par- my favorite part was probably the zombie like pushing the zombie into like the ground <laughs> that's probably the best that's <laughs> a good moment that is so, yeah. i agree um before the act that actual scene we get uh, some explanation of how of part of why kuma is as strong as he is uh, but he also says like you know sniper king a title you don't deserve which shots fired. He's just mean. Yeah. That's just Kuma's um, powers but, are like one of the strangest 
yes. fruits yes. in the yes. series. Like it's a, it's you know when you when you think about these, you're like, okay, someone who can turn into an element of some sort that makes sense. But then when you have this thing that's like pads on your hand that can deflect anything, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we get we get the explanation about Vegapunk that uh, Kuma is a pacifista, an incomplete human weapon. He is he, like he has a laser, like he has a like an shoulder thing. Uh, Vegapunk is 500 years ahead of human science currently, and um, but I love how Zoro uses like the the honor trap to make sure like that you know Kuma doesn't attack the rest of the Straw Hats. He doesn't attack Luffy. He's like, wow, you're willing to do this for your captain. It's like it would be dishonorable for me to go after him after I do this. So he kind of traps him with his. It's uh, the same thing as Aokiji with Luffy. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's lucky for them they keep running. I mean, they keep running into honorable, honorable people. people. Well, I mean, Moria wasn't honorable, but they managed to beat his ass. But. That's true. Yeah. Um, and, like, what good is ambition for Zoro if he can't save his captain? That's this the, is... Uh, I, I'm trying to recommend... And he declares, he declares it. Luffy will be Pirate King. That's, I love that. And th- th- this whole part in the anime is also very well done. I'm trying to, you yeah. know, let people know... Uh, when it's really worth watching. And then this is like one of the essential moments. Um, I'll get the episode number at some point, but uh, it's, it's just nuts how beautifully done it is. Um, and we end up seeing that Zoro has to absorb all of Luffy's pain, mm-hmm. steps into the step. What do you call it? Steps into the void, paw. steps into the paw. Okay. I was going to, I was trying to be a little more dramatic, but that didn't work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I take One Piece as seriously as Oda does. That's that's a good point. Um, <laughs> by the way, this is episode three seventy seven. Um, for those who are wondering, I think that's the episode. Um, and yeah, he he takes all that pain, and the only people who witness it are Sanji, Brooke, and the Risky Brothers, or whatever their actual name is. Well, and Robin finds out later because she has ear powers. Right. <laughs> Ear powers are always useful. Ear powers. Eavesdropping abilities. She pulls a piccolo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we see that iconic moment where Zoro says that nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Dripping. I, I love the fact that Sanji actually goes, like, this is one of the times he's very, like, sweet for Zoro because he can do it because Zoro doesn't know about it, like, to keep people from finding out, to try to manage, just so that Luffy doesn't find out. Like, well, how would Luffy feel to know that, like, his crew did that for him? I don't know if he would have as much of a, like, he would be as upset about it as Sanji would, but I think I think it, it's it's nice that Sanji is, like, protecting Zoro's honor that way. Like his wish that he didn't want people to find out about it, and uh, it, they, they have a very, as much as they hate each other, they have a very deep friendship. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's like one of the um, scenes that really solidifies their kind of weird friendship rivalry. Respect, at least. Yeah, yeah, respect for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as we go into the falling action here, Sakuma's gone, left them alone. Said, "Wonder what Dragon would think of this kind of." Um, <laughs> He's not whoop slap. Kind of. And we see uh, an invisible boat leaving Thriller Bark with Hogback and Absalom on it, noticing that the commander of the second division, Ace, uh, for Whitebeard, has been, uh, is awaiting execution at Impel Down. Uh, And this kind of leads into things later. I won't go too much further into it. Um, And meanwhile, we have Lola and the treasure from Thriller Bark on the ship. Uh, and Nami makes the connection. Oh, Lola, you're Lola. 
Um, <laughs> and she actually gives he willingly gives her treasure, which is shocking to the crew. Uh, and so, of course, it's the end of an arc. It's time for a party. Zoro's knocked out through the whole party, and we get that scene that Ed was talking about before. Um, the eavesdrop fruit. The eavesdrop, eavesdrop fruit. <laughs> um, and Brooke uh, is playing the piano. Everyone's partying, and uh, we hear about Binx's brew. Ed, do you want to... Yeah, or actually, this this is probably where we should. I, how do you want to cover this? Because there's this is. I, what are your thoughts on the flashback, Tiffa? I'll start with you, like generally. Um, I think it's like a great like insight into like Brooks's like past, and like I've seen people write like three thousand word essays on like just Binks's sake. Wow, <laughs> which is like amazing to me. Like, how do you do that? But I thought like, I was insane. Yeah, I think it's like a really like cool song, and like sometimes I hum it. <laughs> you could publish that on the on the website. <laughs> <laughs> Find out who wrote it. Ask him. Yeah, definitely. I've had that song stuck in my head all day. The anime version. Oh, uh, I know, right? <laughs> what do, what do, how do, uh, what did you like about it, Joey? Um, yeah, I like um, in the sort of earlier glimpses of his flashback, Oda was still uh, obscuring Brooks' face. I think it's a good move that he decided to finally show us uh what what he looks like so he doesn't have to be coy about that throughout throughout the whole series and it and it helps you kind of connect with him more well we never see his eyes uh well i guess that's true <laughs> uh but um you know and it's a it's a it's a heartbreaking story for sure it's not one that moves me to tears or close to tears like some of the others chopper or robin or something like that but it really uh, those last scenes when when they're singing and everyone's dying is definitely very, uh, you know, I, I, I still feel it for sure. I brought close to tears. I mean, it's the combination of the incredible cuteness of uh, Laboon, um, <laughs> the squeaking in the anime, and you could imagine the noise as, reading, as you read. Um, but I did not, like, think that Laboon would squeak. Like, me neither. Was really it, strange it to was, me. It was strange. Some friends of mine that are manga readers but not anime watchers i was like hey you want to hear what uh binks bruce sounds like and I, I like pulled it up on youtube and we started watching it the scene and then and then a little bit into it uh one of them was like we're not gonna have to watch all of his crew die now are we and i was like no well you got the idea of what the sound song sounds like we'll just stop it there <laughs> <laughs> it's it is really depressing and it brings me i don't i think it's brought me close to tears before i think that's I'm okay mm-hmm. admitting that. And I think Dude is probably the biggest fan of that flashback. Of this whole flashback, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's also the music is just very well done. And I was reading in the SBS mm-hmm. about it, and he noted that I think he had planned on doing this arc a couple of years before he actually did. And so the song, which he uh, did with Koei Tanaka, who does the music for One Piece, um, they, I think they planned it years before they actually, you know, did it in the anime which mm. is interesting uh but it's it's a great song and it's a great story i, I don't know how much more into it you want to you want to go i mean I, yeah I've, I've definitely heard people speculate that there's like clues and stuff in there about the overall story oh yeah but like That's um I... but it's hard to know uh what what is and what isn't and it'll be interesting to see once that's finally revealed if the translations that have come out uh if that's an issue, you know, because uh, there could be some Japanese wordplay or something. Mm. 
Yeah, and if you look closely, uh, and we see that Rook has captured their last song in a tone dial that he keeps stored in his skull, of course. Um, but he's uh, but he's glad that he lived because he has like he has a crew now. He's gonna be he's gonna be able to fulfill his promise to Laboon, and it makes him so happy, and uh, it makes me happy for him. It makes Laboon happy somehow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but he he can feel it on a spiritual level. Yeah. And if you and if you notice one of my favorite little get one of my favorite little things like when I pointed out the IWGP cafe back in Skypea if you look at the Rumbar Pirates um uh, uh Graves. Graves, yeah, yeah uh, Rumbar Pirates right below it the first line it says UFC George Saint Pierre GSP he's like they put like MMA shit on the on the gravestone like, oh my god yeah you're right UFC oh. like, yeah George, they spell it like the the, the transliteration from the Japanese pronunciation of his name, but it's it's George St. Pierre. He was, was the UFC welterweight, longtime UFC welterweight champion of all time. I think the second longest reigning UFC champion of all time at this point. He's retired now, but like they they put like it's one of those things that Oda sneaks in there. I, I love it. He has a bit of an obsession. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's a nerd about something. Right? Yeah, that's. I I couldn't imagine being a nerd about anything. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we finish off this arc uh with lola and her crew talking with uh the straw hat crew after uh brooke is officially in- initiated and brought into the brought into the fold here and we get an explanation from lola about the vivre cards which she explains gives one from her mom who's a great pirate in the new world apparently mm-hmm. they only have vivre cards in the new world and they only have them in the new world and luffy's like hey wait Ace gave me one of those, and we see Ace's is burning, uh, which is probably not a good thing. Yeah. And they depart. Yes, Ed, go ahead. Yeah, but uh, it's it's on the verge of being snuffed out, so you gotta we we gotta go uh, gotta do something, man. Uh, but, uh, and in the final scene here, uh, the thousand sunny heads off. Uh, Lola salutes it. And we find out that even before the Thriller Park, the ship dropped anchors 10 years ago, there were still mysteries, and we're left with uh, glowing eyes in the mist that we never find out what they are. That is kind of bullshit, you know? I don't know if it's bullshit, <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's a tease. Yeah, it is. Like, giant damn, splits. I it's, only giant bu- splits. it's only bullshit because I want to know more, you know? Um, and, and the final, I guess we could, we could end with these... Uh, with these few little scenes where Luffy decides that they should not, they don't need to save Ace and they cheers, uh, they cheers to Brooke joining the crew. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. If, I think, we I could, think that's, that's where we stop. I think that's where we should probably stop. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, um, are there any other final thoughts uh, you guys have about Thriller Bark? That's a big question. Yeah. So my general, uh, I was thinking about this and, I, for a long time, regarded Thriller Bark as a, a story arc that I didn't like very much. And I think part of that had to do with that, for a long time, my last impression of it was the anime. And, like, I didn't, like, uh, Moria's voice actors kind of grading. Mm, and yeah. uh, there's just some elements of it that I wasn't crazy about. And then once I finally went back and bought all the, like, biz books and was reading them again, I was like, this is this is actually fun. I, I like this. And then... Uh, and then just uh, pretty recently, like a year or two ago, I was lending it to some friends, and one of them who likes it, you know, likes One Piece uh, pretty well, was like super excited when she got to Thriller Bark and was like, this is exactly what I love about One Piece. It's like 
all all of her favorite parts are the sort of like in between story arc bits with the crew hanging out on the ship and stuff like that and all the funny parts and there's just so much like fun creativity and stuff that Oda is pouring into every page especially in the first half of this arc that like oh yeah uh like it really helped me kind of reassess it and now it's actually one of my favorite arcs for sure uh Tiffa yeah, I mean, Thriller Bark has always been one of my favorite arcs. Um, I just really love, like, the different visuals and, like, the Victorian kind of, like, horror feel of it. And as well as, like, uh, the... I love, like, mashup animals. I don't know why, but, like, just, like, you know, just those weird animals just put together, like, dog penguins and, like, stuff like that. I just love that kind of stuff, and it really shows off um oda's like personality and like his creativity i've read that he actually draws like any like all the living stuff and so like i i feel like it's a really good insight into like what his like kind of uh what he's really into and like what his train of thought is when he's like drawing these characters um i also love like the little gags i feel like there was a lot of them in this like arc in particular and well, Brooke, all the Brooke is just a nonstop gag machine. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like Brooke himself is just a gag. Except when he's serious, when he gets really serious, it's just yeah, yeah. And that's like pretty rare too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I feel like Joey because when I first watched it, I think you know you got Hogback and Perona, and they all have very uh, grating voices. I think that's why. Ed, you might have thought Absalom's the most normal. It's probably because he doesn't have a ridiculous laugh. I love <laughs> all of like the eccentric voices. Yeah, I think I've um, I've kind of changed my tune a little bit about it. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of like Skypea because when I first watched Skypea, I wasn't a huge fan, but I'm now a very, very, very big fan of Skypea. Um, well, like Skypea, without getting into details, like that's another arc that seems self-contained and like it doesn't quite affect the like overall story and then it's kind of once you pull back that you see oh it totally it does. does it's very yeah. important um which we talked a lot in our skypea episodes um for thriller bark i'm still it was still kind of like i don't know i wasn't as into it as i've been kind of going through everything else still yeah it's not that i didn't enjoy it i just uh I didn't feel quite as enthused as I have, I think, through everything else. I did I did something weird and read most of this in a day. Um, but I kind of feel like it should be because it takes place in one night. So might as well read it in one day. Yeah, so I can read all of the current arc. That takes place in one day, too. Uh, well, shut up, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like nine happen. volumes worth. I'm, I'd rather not. <laughs> um, uh, I, I love this I love this arc for what it does uh, I love Chopper's little moments I love how he has to sort of deal with his like the, like, the ethics of like being a, a doctor because we don't necessarily oh, get that yeah. a lot with him doesn't mean we haven't really seen it since he was in uh, well we get a little bit of it with the rumble ball but that is more about like what he's doing to himself but this is more of going to what it means to be a doctor and we see Chopper has to confront his um I guess, like, you know, what what does it really mean to be a doctor? As as I said, uh, I don't think any abilities. I guess. Yeah. yeah. He has like a lot. I, I think. I mean, Usopp gets a little bit of that moment, like where he has to confront within himself, like what Sniper King means, like what can so what can Sniper King do for him when he brings him back and stuff like that. But 
I think Chopper actually, well, Chopper and Brooke, obviously, but Chopper gets, like, of the original crew, he gets the most uh, sort of in-depth character stuff this arc. Uh, yeah, Chopper is the most uh, Chopper is the most childlike of the crew, and so it's always really great to see him stand up for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't we get into our more spoilery segment, and then we'll round off. So, if you don't want to hear spoilers, skip to the end. Uh, thank you, guys. All right. This is the Reverie segment where we go through how things in this arc affect things in future arcs and potentially beyond that. Uh, with us for this segment, we still have Ed. Yes. And we have Joey Weiser still with us. Hey, Joey. Yo, ho, ho. It seems and a bottle of rum. Well, no, that's less appropriate. Uh, <laughs> although I guess both are. Um, now, this, this arc is relatively self-contained aside from the end, but... I think there are a couple things I want to talk about. Uh, we talked a little bit about Captain John and the armband. Um, I, I think that's probably a good place to start since this has been something that's been kind of going through uh, the whole thing. Uh, Ed, do you have any anything you want to mention about Captain John? No, I just love that the whole thing ties in. Like, it's got to ultimately mean something. I mean, it, it's what Buggy's been after this whole time, and he's been kind of a... Uh, He's, 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 he's a, a pretty, warlord now. Yeah, he's a warlord now. He's a significant character. So maybe the legend of Captain John ties into like, who knows how long ago this was. Or maybe he was a, a an associate of of Rogers. Maybe he knew Roger. Maybe well, who or knows of how the long? Same age. Yeah, we yeah. don't know. Who knows how old he was? That's yeah, he could he could be from the beginning of the void century or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who the hell knows? Uh, Joey, uh, you want to talk a little bit about Shusui and uh, Ryuma? Yeah, I wanted to. So at this point in the story where we're at right now in Dressrosa, Zoro still has the same three swords that he has at the end of Thriller Bark, right? And uh, like the Sandai Kitetsu is the only is like the weakest of his swords, I think. Like yeah, of the, I, like the legendary sword. Oh. I'm starting to think that it's possible that when we get to Wano, he will like put uh, the Shusui to rest and like put it uh maybe in a tomb or something with where where it belongs in that country and then he'll end up with another sword from from wano or something because it seems know. like it's time for him to have some i i know i also think because it's wano he needs to take something from wano um but i wouldn't I, be surprised i mean and that goes back to your discussion of like is it the zombie is it the zombie's body or is this the 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 soul that's talking the shadow like yeah, exactly. Is the sword satisfied with Zoro as its bearer? Is the sword happy about this? Because the sword has a personality of its own, as we know. Like, Tetsu uh, and, and Shusui have definitely have personalities. And I, I, I wonder if the sword would be satisfied or if it wants to be put to rest. Yeah, I definitely see either the people of Wano testing Zoro and then deciding that he's worthy of keeping it or a situation where we find out more about Ryuma's past or something about that sword and then it and then him kind of like leaving it there as he as he goes on. Um yeah, any other any other points on that you want to mention before I move on to the next thing? No, that's it. Uh so the the next big thing is uh probably Lola and Big Mom. Uh, potentially. We've talked about this theory. It's a little more than a theory, I think. It seems pretty heavily implied uh, from everything we know in the story thus far. <laughs> and I think from where we're recording right now, I feel like it might be coming to a four very soon. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. And I know a big question now that people are asking is like, if if this is in fact Big Mom that Lola's referring to, is it actually her mother or is Lola just a member of her crew? And I'd like to, I I wish that uh, someone who had read it in Japanese could was here because I, I'm just kind of curious because in no she first chapter, I, mean, I remember how it sounded in the Japanese anime. She says Mama. Well, she does, but there's and and everyone is saying that you know everyone says Mama, but there's a thing where one of the Risky Brothers uh, says you know, in human form, says to Lola, at least in English, it says, like, Captain Lola's mother is an amazing pirate. And so it's, I'm curious if that is how that's said in Japanese. And if that, if he's just saying mama, it could mean her, like, Captain Mama or whatever. Well, I mean, Whitebeard was, 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 uh, Pops. Yeah, right, right. Mm -hmm. Mama and Pops. I wonder if they had a thing. (laughs) That's disturbing to think about. <laughs> um, they yeah, are around I mean, the same size, I think. Uh, it's 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 interesting to think about. I I think it's likely. I I mm-hmm. put very high odds on that. I love the fact that Absalom goes off and becomes like oh, right. the, the invisible reporter Absa. So he's like, I I I, I just imagine that we're going to see him someday, or not see him. <laughs> we I mean we already quote unquote saw him briefly. Um, I think he'll be very successful at that job. I mean, it kind of was made for him. Uh, yeah. I, I also love where Perona ends up. She ends up, like, in the perfect place. She's kind of like... Her ideal place. Yeah, she's kind of like um, Mihawk's non-romantic girlfriend assistant thing going on there. Like, she, she's just sort of stuck with him. But I think she sort of gloms onto him because, like, he needs a little bit of taking care of because he's a careless swordsman kind of guy who will end up wandering off and destroying ships and end up in the East Blue. So he needs a woman to manage him a little bit. <laughs> and he, like, he, he bristles up against it. But uh, I think, like, they, they kind of, they, they work together well, I think, with uh, him. Barely, combo. With, with him barely tolerating her sometimes. <laughs> It seems to go both ways. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think either of them tolerate each other. Um, we we didn't really talk uh, about the Enru story. I'm going to save my discussion on it for the article that's coming out this week. Uh, come in this Wednesday to OnePiecePodcast.com. But, uh, Ed, I think that your crackpot theory is coming to a fore. Not just here, but also Ors the Continent Puller. I know you mm-hmm. want to talk about that. Yes, the Continent Puller. Like... I mean, because that was my my crackpot theory. Like they use the government used the uh, you know the, the weapons and various other things to remake the world to make it the way it is now to hide something at the end of this really like treacherous sea of the Grand Line. Why why does like why do you have to have three different like a, a triple log pose in the new world? How did the world get to be made that way? I don't think it was by chance. So if you need a continent pillar to do it, yeah, there's probably... Ors and his son, Little Ors Junior. <laughs> I mean, there's there's probably there's a whole race of Orses someplace. Orses, <laughs> yeah, probably there was. I think they're probably extinctish now. Well, Ors oh, Junior, Little Ors Junior. Junior, yeah. Well, he's not doing that well. <laughs> <laughs> he lost his leg. Yeah, some Doe Flamingo guy. Uh, I mean, Joey, do you have any? Yeah, um, well, you know, Brian has already talked a lot uh, on this show about uh, the idea that there are the different kinds of winged moon people that become Skypeans and, uh, you know, Shandorians and stuff like that. Bilkins, yeah. And Bilkins, yeah, yeah. And um, the one thing I do want to kind of throw out there just as a crazy theory, it's not one I necessarily endorse, but I I love it. I love thinking about it. I read it online a long time ago. I can't take credit. 
I think it may have been a Greg theory, which I just want to see just so that he can get credit if it is true. But I also want to say that I don't remember for sure, so don't blame him. And it may not even be something that he uh, believes anymore because this was years ago that I read it. But the idea that the will of D, that the D is actually, instead of a letter, it's a pictogram and it, it depicts half of a moon and that the Ds are half moon people. And so that's why, like, Luffy on the cover of that one Skypea volume has the wings and is winking. And there's, like, some other things that it goes into with that. But I just... Uh, You're spoiling I, stuff that I have in this article. <laughs> oh, I think... I think uh, didn't Cy didn't write about that on Tumblr? Cy uh, did. Robbie Brevard is the person I found on a, on AP who wrote about it. But that may have uh, originally... Maybe that's what I saw. Look, it could have come from Greg because yeah. it's hard to kind of... From what I've found, because I've been like really researching into this shit I'm in the bog now, it's it's, uh, but it's it's hard to find who originally said what because it's hard to find articles from 2007 talking yeah. about this, you know. Um, well, that's great. I look forward to reading your article. Yes, this thing was more focused on the moons and stuff, uh, but with the the actual fact that there are several moons. Well, I mean, it's it's very very interesting to me. It seems like. To give a preview, it's kind of the, the the crux of where the world is today. It definitely, or def, not definitely, probably has something to do with this. Uh, the Enaru story is probably one of the most interesting points in the series, which is weird mm-hmm. to say for me. Well, it uh, proves that there's there's stuff going on on the satellites, on on the moons of this planet, not necessarily Although Earth. we've only seen one uh, in well, the sky being, or in but general. O'Hara... It, there's obviously more. There's obviously more. Well, you're more. using the present tense there. Um, another yeah. another thing about Enru's story that I'm kind of unclear about is like how long ago that old man built the robots that went up there. You see, well, I okay. I want to go too far into it. We're going to have an audio companion with it as well, so hopefully we'll talk a little bit more. I, I'm sorry that I'm like dancing around the subject a little. Bit. <laughs> That's fine. We don't have to get. No, no, no. It's I. I think it's somewhat recent but it's really hard to tell because i mean first off they're robots uh who knows how long he was deactivated after being defeated you know uh before enaru came in and and brought him back it could have been a year ago could have been a week ago it could have been a hundred years ago 500 years ago who knows it's it's very hard to tell but i'll give a hint um the character who revived them, the scientist, uh, starts with a T. I should probably know his name. T- Tajiko or something. Um, is from the same island as uh, another very, very, very prominent scientist. Um, <laughs> so, but the other thing is, those creatures were not built originally there, probably, because we see their brothers, their cohorts on the moon being reactivated. So it's a little weird. Uh, did the scientist yeah, yeah. reconfigure them? I mean, he has a bunch of the parts sitting around, it looks like, too. It's it's very confusing and very vague. Enero's story is very confusing. And reading it week to week, it basically was like nonsense. Like, I, I, I remember yes, yeah. not being able to follow it at all. No, it's it's take it took me at least three to four reads to kind of figure out what was happening, uh, and where it fits in in the greater story. But you know, we talk about the levels of the One Piece story. You know, I mean, you have the arc stuff, you have the bigger saga stuff, and then you have the stuff leading up to like the uh, Ace's execution, the Marineford War, and then you have this super big stuff that Oda just throws in every so often, and it's really interesting to mm-hmm. see that. 
I wonder how the, uh, the 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 giant glowing eyes at the end of Thriller Bark factor into your article, Zach. Uh, I cr- I don't see now. I have to like figure out at this point because we're still editing things down. Is do I include all of the crazy mysteries and say I don't know what this is? Look at this. Uh, I can't. There's nothing really to include with that because who the hell knows what that is? <laughs> uh, yeah. And I mean, there's of course stuff like. How am I really supposed to include the Arouge stuff? You can't, because it doesn't... I mean, it's the only thing that it's important for is that he is Bilkin. And, I mean, you could talk about the theories that Brian has already talked about several times about it. And it's very interesting, but it doesn't really have to do that much with the super greater background story going on. I mean, a little bit, but... Yeah, I I remember around Fishman Island, uh, people thinking that we were going to finally see what those... uh those things at thriller bark were but we never did nope i, th- I it's i think at this point it's more to show the florian triangles messed up beyond just this little ship that's there that we saw it's mm-hmm. it's a world filled of just crazy shit that you didn't get to see um i don't know if we ever will uh i don't know it's 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 uh, some very interesting possibilities um and it seems unlike oda to uh leave something dangling though you know yeah i mean look laboon was resolved and we didn't think that needed to be resolved um or at least like oh whatever happened to that crew no one was like thinking oh they're still around and they'll one of them will join the crew as a skeleton who has died already um crazy to think about obviously thriller bark also has some of the biggest uh lead-in stuff to the war that's coming up uh, with Ace, and it's made more and more clear here, which is interesting to see upon reread. Um, any yeah, final totally. thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember if that Ace stuff had as big of an impact on me. It, you know, it's kind of like, okay, this seems like that's going to lead into a, a story at some point. But yeah, I know. think I just skimmed it. When, like, Especially like, since okay. Luffy's like, nah, we'll yeah. just we'll go to Fishman Island instead. He's literally thrown into it. <laughs> um final thoughts anyone uh nope (laughs) okay uh so why don't we round this thing off ready ready let's do it This has been the ninth episode of the great One Piece read-through, covering volumes 46 through 50. Uh, Tiffa, I, I really want to thank you for coming on today. I hope we didn't uh, talk too much or, you know, bother you. No, no, you it was really fun. I had a lot of, like, great laughs um, talking to you guys about Thriller Bark today. Um, yeah, I hope I can get on again soon. Oh, yeah, anytime, anytime you want for this or the regular podcast. You just let me know and you're welcome on. Uh, where can people find you? Um, you guys can find me on Twitter, on Crunchyroll, basically on everything with the um, username Tifako. So T-I-F-F-A-K-O. That's kind of my uh, handle on pretty much everything. And yeah. Cool. Um, and again, uh, the co- if you want 30-day free trial, at a, if you want a 30-day free trial at Crunchyroll, just go to crunchyroll.com slash One Piece Podcast. We'll, uh, we'll probably put the link in the description as well. Um, and thank you all for, uh, for listening to that. Uh, Joey, uh, where can people find you? Sure, they can follow me on Twitter, at Joey Weiser. That's W-E-I-S-E-R. And then... Um, I have a personal Tumblr, Tumblr, joeyweiser.tumblr.com, and then 
I am still at it with my daily Dragon Ball project where I'm drawing a character from Dragon Ball every day. Uh, I'm in the Boo Saga now, <laughs> so it's coming to a close you're, probably you're another there. few months. Yeah, and uh, Unless you do Dragon Ball Super after that, you know? Yeah, I think I may do some bonus manga characters, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be getting into the anime characters. But anyway, uh, that's at dailydragonball.tumblr.com, where I post those on uh, Twitter and stuff, too. Um, and then, of course, Merman books one through three are available now, and book four is coming out in September, so keep an eye out for that, and you can look for my name and, like, uh, you know, pick up an issue of SpongeBob Comics. You, it's pretty likely that you'll see uh, my name there as a writer or artist. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely uh, take a look out for Merman, uh, nominated for an Eisner this year. Congratulations again. That's really crazy. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, I just want to promote one little thing, uh, before we get into what we're doing next week and how to contact us. Um, I've been writing this crazy long article. I've been talking about it a little bit on this podcast and on the main podcast. Uh, it's, I think going to end up around 6,000 words. So it's a bit intense, uh, even for the people writing the, uh, their analysis on, uh, Binks, uh, sake, um, and it's going to go through basically a lot of the overarching plot stuff that we've been talking about. I hope you all check it out. It's going to be coming out this coming Wednesday. Uh, so keep an eye on the site and social media for more information about that. Ed, how could the good people out there contact us? Well, Zach, we are Edward E. Festizio on Twitter. You're Zach underscore Logan on Twitter. The podcast can be found at OnePiecePodcast.com, Twitter.com, YouTube.com, and Facebook.com slash OnePiecePodcast. OnePiecePodcast.tumblr.com for news, updates, and funny pictures. OnePiecePodcast at gmail.com is our email address. OnePiecePodcast is our Skype name. Subscribe on SoundCloud. Subscribe on Stitcher. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, please. Or call us on our phone number, Zach. That phone number is 347-497-MAGI. That phone number, again, is 347-497-6254. Call anytime. Anytime. With your questions, comments, or theories. Uh, Next week, we will be going through volumes, the rest of 50 through 53, and maybe, like, the first chapter of 54. We're going to be doing the Shabandi arc. I'm very excited to do that. I'm also very excited that is half the length of the one we did this week. Um, Which is is still shorter than we did the week before that. Let's not even talk about that. Um, (laughs) That's going to be coming out on July 23rd. Speaking of, we will be at Otakon that weekend as well. Oh, me too. Oh, well, that's yeah. awesome. We should Let's hang up. out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and Ed and I will be there, and uh, Alex will also be there, and uh, Jose, who's the person from Tsunami you might be thinking of, uh, will also be there. Uh, he is currently also working on the IGPX release and a lot of other things uh, and helped edit our movie The One Piece Podcast Goes to Japan which we will be showing uh, at the convention we'll have a full we'll be showing the full movie plus have a Q&A session that will be Sunday from 9 to 11.30 a.m. Uh, in panels uh, 5 please check that out um, and yeah uh, you can check out more information about that on Otakon's site and on our website OnePiecePodcast.com Uh, So, thank you all for coming on again. Uh, My name is Zach. My name is Ed. We'll see you next week, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.